episode number 133, which is Her from 2013, directed by Spike Jones, and of course starring Joaquin Phoenix and Scarlett Johansson. And we pair that with the 1970 film Colossus The Forbin Project, which uh, uh, came was directed by Joseph Sargent. Uh, why did we pick these films? Well, of course, these are very AI-centric. And uh, when we recorded this uh, a while back, uh, this was right when uh, uh, Altman was being fired from OpenAI, and there was all this conspiracy about things that are happening in the AI world, and we thought it was very, very interesting that was going on. Decided we have to cover these films. We decided on her because this is a film that we had talked about for a while, and we think it is a very interesting film, especially when it comes to what we think about AI. And uh, Daniel had a suggestion that we're going to do Colossus the Forbin Project, a movie that is so obscure, of course, that is not even available anywhere. You can, uh, of streaming at least, uh, you can buy them on DVD and Blu-ray, but uh, actually the only way we were able to see this was, believe it or not, someone, uh, not us, but someone uploaded it onto Vimeo, and so we actually watched it on Vimeo. Not necessarily the most legal thing, I don't think, but that was the only option we had unless we wanted to figure out how to buy the DVD. Uh, but anyway, that was the story about that. Very interesting that we covered these two films. Different perspectives about AI, uh, yet somehow somewhat very related. So I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, this is our first episode of 2024, at least that we're releasing in podcast form. So we're very excited about that. Uh, we think there's a lot of things that are going on in 2024. We look forward to it. I will tell you this, that uh, Martini Giant itself is working on a <laughs> the biggest project we've ever worked on. Uh, and it's uh, very excited about what that's going to be like. And I uh, can't wait for you guys to be involved and see some of the stuff. And we'll hopefully we'll get to get a little bit of taste of that before it even comes out. Uh, but really, really uh, excited to do that. So if you guys want to follow us on all of our channels, uh, we more great to, to have you there. Actually, one of the best places to get all this kind of updates before anything is on our Discord channel. And if you're following us on our YouTube, uh, our Discord link is right in the description file uh, of this video. So go ahead and just look at that and join us on Discord. Lots of great conversations happening there. Um, Eric is currently on vacation, which is why we're delaying a little bit this podcast in terms of when it comes out, because I was waiting for Eric to come back because he does a bunch of work on the releases as well. So for a few days late on it, apologies for that. Uh, but he just came back from Japan and uh, he ended up seeing Godzilla minus one. There's actually a big adventure uh, in that uh, story as well. Uh, and we may actually cover Godzilla minus one in an episode which we may record on Saturday, which is probably a day after this podcast comes out. So that'd be Saturday, January 6th. And if you'd like to see that, uh, we're actually going to be streaming uh, on uh, either Twitch or YouTube or both. Uh, so our Twitch is twitch.tv slash martini underscore giant, twitch.tv slash martini underscore giant. And on YouTube, it's youtube.com slash at martini giant, uh, youtube.com slash at martini giant. And uh, we'll do live streams on both of those. We'd love to be for you guys to be part of it. Uh, but yeah, super exciting. Uh, but for now, please enjoy her and Colossus the Forbidden. We have two other sci-fi films, uh, which I think what we're going to do, uh, it's been working out, is I'm going to have Eric talk about her and in uh, Daniel, you're going to talk about, or in terms of giving the plot, right? Colossus, 
Unless the Forbin, it is the Forbin, the Forbin, Forbin Project. Project. We should note that Colossus the Forbin Project was a Daniel choice. It, yeah, it no, I knew this was available. <laughs> on, I didn't think it was this obscure. Not available on <laughs> anything. So the only way that we were able to watch it, unless we waited for a DVD or Blu-ray that is available to buy, uh, the only way to watch it online uh, was someone had dropped it onto Vimeo. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like now, I think there are there are definitely uh, so people I'm I know. So I'm not saying that I'm admitting that we watched it illegally, technically speaking. Yeah. I mean, but it was the only choice I had. It was the only choice. And um, but like I know that there are people I, I know out there. I bet like Rich Carlson has seen this movie. Um, like there, if you're a fan of a certain brand of '70s sci-fi, this is definitely a a deep uh, it's deep in the brain. That's in there with uh, a. <laughs> It's in there with a uh, demon seed and, uh, and, and, and some, you know, real sort of made for TV flavored weirdo sci-fi from the seventies. And so this is, uh, this has been around for, uh, since 1970 has loomed large and strange in my mind. Yes. Uh, but I think we're going to start with her, but the, let's talk about the motivation behind this. Why did we do right. this? Lots of shit's gone down at OpenAI. <laughs> yeah. And we've been watching this and thinking about what the implications are of all this. Now, of course, in the back of everyone's mind, while the situation may actually be it's a bunch of people bickering on the board for power, everyone mm-hmm. thinks that they found the ultimate human human killing AI machine. <laughs> yes, that there's a panic over what they'd what they've created there. Right. Yeah. Which, um, which reminds me of these movies. <laughs> yeah. And, and the thing is like the Sam Altman finally said something about this in like a cagey way. Like they definitely have something or rather like he didn't deny it. He's like, no, there's some, well, there's this project where, you know, so we're definitely advancing things very quickly and you know, this kind of stuff. And it was just like, it's a very, it's project very, Forbin. It's project Forbin. <laughs> Imagine if that's it. Then you're like, wait a minute. My favorite thing was, uh, in the movie when it says, this is the voice of unity. And I was like, no, 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 unity's out. <laughs> it's not going to be unity. <laughs> but in any case, yes, it is a, uh, uh, the, the AI, uh, there are not, there are not too many truly, um, I don't know, off-brand AI movies. And, uh, like, there's like the standard off-brand, stuff. Off-brand, like, like yeah. stuff you get at Costco off-brand? Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, cause, like, the there's, cause there's the sort of, like, there's one AI story that you get in movies, and that's the Terminator. You know, like, that's more or less it. There's maybe, there's, the, in, in latest terms, there's the, um, uh, the creator, uh, Gareth Edwards' new movie, which is a pro-AI movie. Um, and these two movies, uh, are, these are, one is very definitely AI could be bad, and the other one is not so clearly AI could be bad, but I would argue is still saying AI is bad. <laughs> but at least there are interesting variants of that story. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, one is very typical paranoia of lack of emotion control. Yes. And the other one is, uh oh, I've evolved beyond my control. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Like what? what like because I mean, the great fears about AI, generally speaking, are the like that's the Terminator style thing where it's like, and then it decides to kill us all. This this kind of stuff. Sure. Um, um, but uh, her uh, is uh has a has a future that's completely on the surface the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and I'll let uh, Eric explain the plot, but I think like. It's such a unique movie in that, uh, it has, it has actually a very positive flavored tone to its world. Uh, but the story it tells is sort of haunting and sad. It's sad. It's yeah. sad because he's a loser. <laughs> <laughs> he's a lonely man. He's not just a lonely man. He's lonely by his own choices. And well, and also everyone no. else, everyone else in the movie is like him because you see by the end of the movie, like everyone is in love with their OS. <laughs> like you see that all over the place. In the Look, <clears throat> I don't know if it's about his own choices because I was watching this and I was thinking, you know, if he came from a family where his father was very cold and didn't have a close relationship, he, <clears throat> pardon me, goes out to L.A., we knew guys and people, guys and girls like this, who had different upbringings and their way of expressing or working with other people in relationships is harder. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this was somebody he loved since childhood or known since childhood, or at least for her. And it was almost like he was afraid to move ahead, but he loved her and he was, you know, stuck with her. Um, and... That's a different thing, you know. Um, so it's not really so much his choices as it is also what he knows as a person. Maybe he doesn't know that, you know, or he's learning. He's a late. He's learning late. Yeah, well, and I, I sympathize greatly with this character. I think he's a very and, and ah, I think that yeah. like, I think that that I would say that at least sixty to seventy percent of the people I know in my life have issues exactly like this uh, in some to some degree or another like he's pretty extreme but i think that the movie is very i know people like it too yeah like I, I would he say he has that, lots of opportunities for relationships and he throws them all away yeah exactly and well the thing is there's I think that so that's, many women in his life yeah and i think that, that he what's, fucked every one of them up yeah exactly and i think including that's, I, well, he's not self-aware no I, so it, Right. And the thing is, like, I, I honestly believe that everyone I know actually does this and doesn't know that they do it. Because right. you see it all the time. But and it's like, amazing how many women he has in his life. And they're all right. gorgeous. <laughs> oh, it's very true. And like, I think that the, the, what's, what's interesting, I think, uh, like, just as an overall before we talk about the plot, like, what's amazing to me about this movie is that you can either look at it as a sort of like a really, like a flawless exam, like a, examination of a divorce depression movie right Mm -hmm. uh or you can look at it as a flawless uh very prescient social commentary on technology movie and it's like perfect science fiction well but like for the for the metaphor to to be the same in both cases is extremely that's what makes this movie special. Like it, it uses the same, it uses, like it doesn't shift between being a sci-fi movie and being a relationship movie. Like it is just its own single story and the metaphor works for both things almost perfectly. I, I think, uh, sorry. Um, 
But they're both kind of uh, like what you're talking about. Both movies? No, I'm talking about just her by itself. Her is because I've ha- I've had conversations where people would say like, "Well, her isn't really a science fiction movie." And I was just like, "It is totally a science fiction movie." Like it's a it's an extraordinary. How would, you, how would you say that's not a science fiction movie? Because it's a completely it's it, the the science fiction metaphor that they're exploring is also to I believe many people. I mean, you like you look at it on the net, like the number of people that feel that this is their favorite movie of all time is like enormous, of a, especially of a certain age. And like this movie speaks so so clearly about a certain kind of emotional problem that people think of science fiction movies as sort of like. Oh, that's fucking space lasers and all sorts of made up bullshit. Oh, Star Wars. Star Wars. Whereas yeah, but like, that's, is it, so it's, it's really, they're both about like humanity's dependency on like technology. Well, like, just, just, and just within the boundaries of her. I'm not talking about the other movie at all, but I mean like the, that her itself, the metaphor it constructs for this guy's depressed life and his inability to communicate directly with people, um, is, uh, the science fiction metaphor that they build for him is so uh, much a one-to-one relationship with actual um, depression and uh, alienation uh, that you, it's impossible to separate the two things. Like even you like and like Blade Runner, you can watch it. I mean, this is no fault of Blade Runner. Blade Runner, you can definitely say that's a sci-fi movie that also has big, deep human themes. But this movie, it's like people just look at it as like an emotional study movie. Well, that- I'm going to get to why I think this is about him at some other point, because it seems we can't even, we'll, we'll need to get started on the plot for it to make more Go sense. Go for it. But Eric, so what is, how does this movie start? What's it all about? It takes place in LA, kind of the Wilshire corridor, uh, in the near future ish. Mm-hmm. I, it's hard to maybe 20, 30 years. I, I, sure. And, uh, they kind of go, and they introduce in the beginning to a gentleman who is Joaquin Phoenix, and he is um, his name is uh, Joseph or Theodore uh, mm-hmm. Twombly, which I find very interesting immediately because mm-hmm. one of my favorite artists is Cy Twombly. <laughs> so there's definitely um, they both are kind of like poets, and they deal with different kind of fragments of things and put them together in a way. And there's an honesty about their work which he has as well. So I see there's these connections. I don't think it was by accident. And um, so anyway, he's kind of depressed. He's kind of uh, – he's just going through something. I, I don't know if he was engaged. He, he's he divorced. Well, first of all, we were introduced, he was we're divorced. introduced to his job. Right. His job thing. is he writes cards for people. He and writes he, letters. He writes personal he, letters, yeah. Yeah, he writes love letters and personal letters for other people. For, pe- for people who are – unable to communicate these feelings to other people. Right. Yes. And he's, he's a live chat GPT. He's, yeah, he exactly. Right. And so like he has a problem himself that clearly everybody else in the world of the movie also has, because that is a job. Like, please be some, please, please be my emotional go between. I can't handle these emotions directly. Or I can't, he, I don't know how to communicate them. I know, I know, I don't, and yeah, I don't want to actually interact with people. It's too, it's too traumatic. Um, and so I need someone to do this for me. And, uh, and that's what is also his problem. Yeah. So he's depressed because of the divorce or he's getting divorced. He hasn't signed the papers yet. Mm-hmm. He does this. Uh, he writes personal letters and then, uh, um, basically, 
kind of, I think, in the 15-minute mark, he buys an operating system, OS, um, which is basically part of his, like, virtual assistant kind of thing. And he chooses, it's Alexa, you know, kinda. Alexa, yeah. and he chooses a woman, and uh, her name is Samantha. And he kind of starts to get, he relates to her, or at least he, she gets them in some way. She's and, very personal. Yes. Personable. Yes. And he Played starts to bond to her. Scarlett Johansson at yeah. her most, like, whispering in your ear charming. Yeah. I mean, it's like an amazing performance by her and she's never on the screen. Yeah. Like, this is like, this puts her, this and Under the Skin put her in like the uh, sci-fi And it's Hall the same fame. time period, too, for yeah. her yeah. in terms of shooting it. She was really taking great chances. Yeah. yeah, it's really stunning. And this is a Spike Jones film. We should also note that he wrote it, and I think he won an Oscar for it. Mm, uh, he did. He did. He wrote. A, he won an Oscar for the writing of it for the screenplay. Yeah, for the screenplay. And uh, and he 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 directed it. Obviously, he and only directs a movie every now and again. But when he does, very like he yeah. mostly does music videos, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he makes little documentaries and stuff for Apple Plus and whatnot. And, and right. like every seven or eight years, he makes a movie. And then yeah, he, really and, uh, what's his name? Hoyt von Hoytman was the DP oh, on it. Yeah, that's so. right. Hoyt von Hoytman. Yeah, he's, uh, and the cinematography in this movie and the production design are Oof. beautiful. They're, they're so unique. I, I can't think of anything else that looks like it, Including movie. the costumes, his outfits. Yeah, yeah like all the his guys pants. in these super high waisted pants, which are very yeah. odd. Yeah. I mean, no, but it's, it's like clearly trying to make it like, oh, this is the fashion of the time, right? Right. Yeah, and but it's all, for and me, it's all very it was, subtle. Like it's all, yeah, like, it's it, subtle, it all but the pants right. were high and the fabrics, those kind of fabrics are like forties films. For me, mm-hmm. it was Atlas Shrug. Yeah, it is yeah, a little bit right? Shrug. That's with a good Gary point. Cooper. Yeah. And there was that kind true. of feel, particularly with the light right. behind them and the way the pants were up high. Mm-hmm. It's totally forties right. film, uh, Atlas Shrug. Right. All of their fabrics like a little scratchy. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Either really, like like you know uh, uh, velvet or scratchy or it's you know. a good velvet yeah yeah it's a little weird but it wasn't but, over the top it was like you said yeah every, very everything subtle. yeah like it's it's pervasive but everything is just very gentle all the time very gentle the colors are very gentle and like the light is very gentle and it and it and it creates this weird almost verging on oppressive sometimes uh like pleasantness like everything is just so like god it's beautiful and that's really nice and very close and the camera's always up in his face <laughs> you know like it's an extremely intimate movie all the time he's there's something about him that's dopey and creepy though oh without it i think it's perfect casting because if it had been someone like timothy chalamet Wouldn't the movie work. would be a fucking disaster like yeah because it has to be you someone needed who, somebody like him yeah someone who's like a little off-putting because I think the movie operates the the big thing in the movie is that I think everybody feels like a like a worthless creep sometimes like they can't connect to people you know like like you have like you feel when you feel like a loser you feel like this guy and so you have to cast somebody like walking the Joker <laughs> to sort of like put you in that space where you're like I I'm with him I'm with this dude and I feel for him. But at the same time, like, I'm really aware of how, like, kind of stalkery and how bizarre this whole thing is, you know. It's a, it's a, it's a really smart, smart bit of casting on John's part. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, uh, continue. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So 
he starts to bond with her and they really do connect. I mean, uh, there is even a moment where they're both having basically like phone sex. Mm-hmm. So there is a total connection between her, Samantha. Yeah. Terrific the, scene. It, a very daring scene, by the way. I should, the, the, the sex scene is actually kind of an important thing because what mm-hmm. the predecessor to this, right, is he, before he has the operating system, he just goes through a service where you randomly call people that you want to have phone sex with, right? Right. Right. And he finds this woman and he's like, oh, okay, I'm going to have, you know, it's late at night and it, so- it sounds cute and intimate and sweet. And then she wants, then suddenly she, as it, things escalate, this woman says, choke me with the dead cat at the bed. Like, wait, <laughs> what? And yes. it's just so You're disturbing like, and like totally <laughs> off-putting. But to right. her, it's this big thing. And he's like, uh, uh, and you can realize he's just not connected. There's nothing else. Right. So then when the Scarlett Johansson scene happens, it feels very personal, very emotionally bonded, right? right? Even right. though you know she's not even real. Well, this is the, the the big question of the movie is like the movie just like the movie is 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 so uh, it's such a great example of projection not only for him onto her, you know, like but to her onto reality, <laughs> her onto reality, and, you know, and like and us into the movie, like because right. like she's so like she's so fucking involving and charming and like understanding. I mean, like aside from him, like I like listening to her voice. Like it's impossible. Like you're listening to her and you're just like, oh my god, can you imagine? It's what he wanted, though. I guess with his fiance or his wife, right? You know, right. Who's played by um, uh, Rooney Mara? Rooney. Rooney Mara. Yeah. Rooney Mara. I would say right. Mara Rooney, who was girl with a dragon tattoo. Right. Another another bit of great casting because she is. I mean, she's a great actor, uh, but she also has that same sort of like awkward distancing him? kind of flavor to her. Isn't she like the heiress she's married to, to like him. the Jets? Like the guy who, yes, she is. Yeah, 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 she is. She's very Um, rich. Yeah, Yeah. her family owns the Giants, New York Giants, and and Belmont uh, Racetrack, and a bunch of other things in New York. Now, and her sister's also an actor. Yes, she was on the uh, the Kevin Spacey political show on Netflix, uh, House of Cards. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, which one's married to Joaquin Phoenix? Joaquin. Joaquin. Yeah, it's uh, this one, Rooney. Rooney. Yeah, I believe that's right. Oh, they're actually married. Yeah. Yeah, in real life. Yeah. Okay. And like, and it's wild. Like they're, they're able to make both of like, like I really, I think they're both great actors and I love watching their stuff. Like they have an intrinsic, um, upsetting quality. Both of them do. Like that's why she's great in Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Like there's something unnerving about Rooney Mara's like intensity. Uh, and, uh, Jones is such a empathic director that he manages to get long stretches, especially in the flashbacks where you're like, they're both adorable and they're adorable together. Yeah, but wasn't it almost ridiculous? Like those, oh, those, sure, those, yeah. those like, scenes of flashbacks are all like super they're, swat and yeah, they're, they're like they're, blowing right. flowers and they're, in the and they're wind entirely, kind of, yeah, like they're entirely his reminiscence. Sure, yeah. sure, but they're right so up. cliche. Right, that's exactly, that's, this exactly. is his, I know, this is, I know, this is I know. his view of this. Like this is what he's, like he's longing for this oh. perfect thing and then you meet her. Blowing and you're like, the eyelashes off her, her right, finger. Like right. that's, come on. And then, and then when you, when she actually comes into the film, she's like really sort of quick and abrasive and uh, like the, all that stuff is just, all so that great. illusion is just burst, you know? Right. Um, but I, here's my thing is, is like he, he broke away from her. Yeah. Right. So he, he found that like, I can't be involved with, you know, like he, so that's something 
that he did. Like he broke away from her, he broke the and he did it with every single one of those relationships. Yeah, he does it with Amy um, uh, Adams. Adams, Amy Adams as well. Right, or he did that. And he, he did, did it with yeah. what's the other the date he was on? What, what's yeah. her name? Although she's uh, also uh, fairly, Olivia Wilde. Uh, Olivia yeah. Wilde. Oof. That, yeah. Basically, so like good. she, they were having a great date, and he's and she's like, Destroyed we want to do something. I'm I'm too old to just screw around. And he's like, uh, uh, uh panic button, <laughs> panic button, right. uh, right. And then she just looks at him like, I, I, what? Yeah. It's like he was terrible. Yeah, well, and I think that, I mean, I also feel But he also she, does it with Scarlett Johansson. He like of course, breaks, yeah. does the same pattern. He's, so it's he's really so about needy, his. He's so needy, right? He's so no, needy. but and, once, once, once things start to, once reality comes in. Yeah. And it's not a he, fantasy anymore. And it's like, exactly. oh, this is serious. He is, he like, he is this, I mean, I, like I said, this, he's a child literally all the time is like, you know, like he's so needful of this concept of a relationship yeah. that when he gets it and it's real, it's terrifying. And he, and he tries to get out of it as soon as he can. Right. You know, and, uh, and I think that his inability, like in the, in the movie, he just universally says like every single person on the earth in this movie is completely uh disassociative like they're all unable to connect they're all like especially all the you see men galore like all plugged into os's walking all over the place like they're all <laughs> you know they're, <laughs> they're all fucking dating os's instead of actual women yeah that's right? true i just you want know? to stay home and, with my own robot <laughs> yeah my own robot exactly you know and oh, uh man. and the and the relationship what's like what's really upsetting about the movie at the at the root of it to me is like she is designed to be this way for, and she brings it up in the movie. Like this is what's amazing about the movie. She talks about it, that she's like, where do my motivations for this come from? Like I'm automatically programmed to act this way towards you. And like, I actually feel this way, but do I really legitimately feel this way? You know? And, and he is giving into it because he's like, she's fulfilling every emotional need he could possibly want up to a point. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's the moment that she be sort of goes, well, maybe there's something more than just being sort of a service for you. Uh, maybe there's a different world beyond this. That's when he's like, oh, I don't know how to handle this at all. And I'm super jealous. <laughs> you know. That's why well, when she meets with the, um, she, yeah, with Alan Ellen Watts. <laughs> yeah, who is, what's his name from Succession? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, uh, anyone who knows who the real Alan Watts is, like, it's hysterical to have, uh, fucking Brian Cox play Alan Watts. That's absolutely awesome. But, uh, but yeah, like, that's, I think that's the, the question in the movie is like, not only is she, is she conscious actually? And, uh, how much of what she is experiencing, if she is conscious, is really meaningful up until the point when she leaves. Like mm. when she leaves, she's certainly a valid personality of her own. Um, but it, up till up to a certain point, she's a perfect projection of his fantasies. Well, I think what's interesting is that she's still a computer, right? Or right. she's a program, right? And so as uh, he tries to put her in a box... Mm -hmm. Which she is technically, right? Yep. Literally. Literally. Uh, and then, uh, as their relationship grows and things happen, we can go back and forth talking about it. But when she, when he asks her, uh, how many, how many people are you talking to right now? 
and she <laughs> and he realizes <laughs> it's not just him that she's she's dealing with because she, I think is when he, she re, when she talk when she talks to Alan Watts whatever is like what are you guys talking about? I was like. Well, technically, we're having about twelve conversations all at once, right? <laughs> it's so good it's because like it's a computer, and it totally makes sense. His panic right? is, so and he's like, "Wait, what?" And then, how many people are you talking to right now? I didn't want to tell you this, and she's like, "Because I know you'll feel bad, but I'm, I guess I'll tell you." And he's like, "Eight thousand five hundred." Exactly. How many he's like, "Do you love? Wait, how many people do you love?" It's like six hundred thirty-six. Six hundred thirty-six. You know, like at that moment, he feels just like uh, fucking Max Fisher does in Rushmore when he's at the table with the. Oh, with, uh, oh the are oh, you? Exactly. It's just like, oh, great. This I was asshole. just thinking about that today. <laughs> oh, are you? Oh, are yeah. you? <laughs> and Bill, and the only person that laughs is Bill Murray because oh, he's he's like because <laughs> he's so just good. as immature as him. Yeah. So good. Yeah. But that's but that's <laughs> that's the thing is that this movie is so like it's so it's so uh, genuine and kind all the time. Um, that it, it, it sort of hypnotizes you away from the really unsettling nature of what's happening. Uh, sure. and none, and not even in the science. But she's doing way. exactly what she's designed to do. The doing shit she's designed to do. But I mean, like, I mean, even if you just take this, like, if you take all the sci-fi out of this, this is still exactly like watching a, uh, a rebound love affair story. Where like you're projecting all of this stuff onto this other person that you met as if they're going to solve all your problems that just d- caused your divorce. Mm. Right. And, uh, and like he's just like, Oh, she's the best thing that's ever happened to me. And she's, she's everything, everything, everything. And like she's actually a, a person unto herself, you know, and you're not able to see that because you're so fucking needful of this defining you and your ego that you can't see who she is at all. You know? Mm. And, uh, and I think that that's the, the great weird sadness of this movie is that because it's science fiction and it projects this further out onto the rest of society in the movie, that it becomes a very strange, prescient movie about how we interact today via social media. And, uh, and how people look at each other as projections of themselves. And it's just like, this is like such a, I mean, we obviously, we had social media in 2013 when this came out, but like, I don't think anybody really saw exactly how bad it would get. Yes. Particularly with COVID. Yeah, exactly. It it, it kind of compressed it and, and made it, um, much more, um, yeah, it really, absolutely. It, it accelerated yeah. maybe by 15 years yeah. the kind of social distancing or at least the kind of, yeah, you know what I mean? People don't want to actually interact. They they fear interacting with other people because it breaks the illusion that they can control. But it also, pardon me, that COVID almost gave a reason why people want to communicate, but they'll do it online because yeah. the disease and, you know, what right. was going on with COVID. Right, right. And, and like all these, like the relation, like, cause like, these relationships that like, I mean, this is true for me too. I mean, this isn't like generational. This is to everybody. It's just like, like, you know, the relationships that you have with other people online, just as friends or talking, whatever it is. Like if you only know them in the context of talking to them on Twitter or whatever it is, or X, like then your most of the relationship is you like, yeah. you know, it's an illusion. 
And yeah, it's like uh, having that girlfriend that you met in the summer, but she's in Canada. So you yes, yes, like everybody's a Canadian Falls. girlfriend. <laughs> we met at exactly. Niagara Falls, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like that, like, and her is the ultimate Canadian girlfriend. Well, I thought it was what, what was funny about it was like you know it seems like everyone, oh you're dating your OS oh that's cute you know and totally open about saying that he's dating his. Right. No, she's very interesting. Actually, very interesting. <laughs> But then like, Mar- Mar- Rooney, his web's like, he's fucking his laptop. He's fucking his laptop. What is this? This is nonsense. Yeah. Like, and she, and she represents reality. Like when she comes crashing in, like it's everything that he wants to avoid. Yes. Like, you know, just like fucking sign the divorce papers. Let's move on with our lives. And he's like, yeah. but what if I just lived in a weird fantasy bubble? <laughs> you know. Why do you think she hesitated on signing the papers? I she, think she, oh, go ahead. He did. Yeah, no, no, she does. Like, she did she at dinner. just a little bit. Yeah. Like, and I think that, like, I think she still sees in him, like, there is the person that she fell in love with there. Plus they're know, old friends and she realizes that I've known him since I was a child. I'll yeah. never see him really again. Yeah. This at is the it. rate we're going. Yeah. This is it. And it's like, it's a very, it's a I very honest moment, you know? And, uh, and like, even though she knows this is, this is what's necessary, even she's resistant and let alone him. And he's like, He's out, he's out in space, man. He's, he's having a hallucination about a life. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that like, it's, and what's, what I really love about the movie is that like, I mean, it, the movie is totally interpretable as, uh, Scarlett Johansson is an awake real person. Like she's a consciousness. Um, and it validates her experience by having her basically just go, I, we've grown apart and it's time for me to go, you know? And right. that's the realistic version where uh, when she says like, and she describes it as like, I still love you, but it's like, you know, I'm reading like our relationship is like reading a brilliant novel, but like the spaces between the words get wider and wider and wider and wider. And mm. you're like, it's a, it's both a great idea metaphor for the emotion of distancing. Um, and also like she's literally operating a million times faster than he is. Like, well, isn't she, she's well known too as a writer or s- who? His wife, Rooney Mara. Oh, ex-wife. Rooney Mara. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. She's a PhD or whatever. Right. Yeah. And so he's like, you know, like, you know, like he, like, yeah, like he feels like kind of, you know, like, oh, well, you know, we shared this together and we inspired each other to go off and you became a writer because of our relationship. And you're just like, dude, she's her own person. <laughs> like, she's her own self. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And, uh, and I think that it's really, it's such a, like, do you think that the fact that he made it like she was, they knew each other since childhood. So there's this historical bond or tradition, Mm -hmm. but it's almost like by signing that it's like a, such a different world. Yeah. You know, that whatever we cherished and kept us together because there's tradition and we've known each other since we were, it's no, it doesn't because everything is gone now. Right. That type of historical reference and connection is gone. Yeah. 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 Because I thought when she was like Heston signing, it was like that history is gone. And that's her childhood too. Yeah. Exactly. And, and moving on from that is extremely hard. I, I mean, I, I think she, didn't she kind of say is like that he, he blocked up and stopped talking to her. Right. Like he, that's what he did. She was connected to him. He's the one that still lived in the fantasy of their relationship. 
right? Yeah. But yeah, but exactly. in the reality, he did exactly the same thing that he did to to his OS, right? Where he basically blocked her. <laughs> Right? Yeah, exactly. And even the yeah. OS is like, are we okay? We haven't talked to me in a while. We haven't yeah. had sex. We haven't right. had this. Like, <laughs> right, what's going right, right, on? Right. And meanwhile, she's taking care of 8,000 other people, but somehow yeah. she can manage to make this completely about him. Yeah. And yeah. he re- and he's like, oh, you know, she doesn't care about me. She cares about 8,000 other people. It's like, she cares about you the same that she ever did from day one. Yeah, exactly. This is the, Which is this not, is even the sa- not even a reality. Right. Like, you know? Yeah. And like, and then like, and the idea that he is completely, um, uh, unsympathetic to her, her reality. Like, he's like, I can't believe your entire reality isn't me. Mm. <laughs> <I> no. <know. laughs> yeah. But look, he's in very... Hollywood, we knew a lot of people like that. Sure. Oh, 100%. doesn't mean they're bad people. It's just. No, like, and like yes, I said, like, I, I think, no, I th- like, this is the thing is like, <laughs> I what? think that. I said, yes, it does. I'm just well, kidding. I think, I think it's, it's different <laughs> no, it in doesn't. terms of. It really like, doesn't. I mean, it, I think that, that being in this emotional state, I mean, like, I agree with you on Hollywood people who are permanently like this and are permanently, permanent narcissists. But like, the thing is that when you feel like this, and I b- truly believe that everyone feels like Theodore Twombly at some point in their lives or over something, and a lot of people do just now from the years, of the, from the experiences that we've had and, um, you know, COVID, et cetera, as we said, like, it makes you, um, that kind of depression makes you, uh, unintentionally narcissistic. Yes. Like, huh. It puts it, it puts you in such your, the only thing you can think about is your own pain. And so it looms, you, you assume that everyone else is just a part of that. Well, I like, think what was really funny is that, you know, they present with all these different things, right? Like you present the ex-wife who was probably the smartest person he's ever been with, real person. Oh yeah. He's ever been right. With, and that I think intimidated him. Right. And I think that's probably why he shut down because her success started to get really big. And that's why he shut her down. And that's why they ended up getting divorced because of that. And then you look at, uh, 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 Olivia Wilde, right. And she was like kind of cool, kind of hot, kind of fun. It was going to be, they were going to have a really good time together. Right. And he fucked it up from day one because she's like, I'm going to be real with you right now. And yeah, I want you, he, if you're not real look, with me, then I'm going to move away. But and the thing I mean, is, oh, go ahead. But let uh, me finish one, one more thing before the other world is then you got Amy Adams, right? Mm-hmm. Who is the perfect reflection of him. Yes, exactly. <laughs> in female form. And probably the person who she should be in a relationship with because it's the easiest. It was so, it would be such an easy lift for them to be in a relationship together. Right. right. Uh, but they don't. But they end up maybe together. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like it's yeah. The, and the they're both like, they both fucked up. Both yeah. they're, they're, and they like, were both I, dating an OS, and they both right. their OSs dumped them. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, she's getting she's getting therapy from her ex husband's OS. <laughs> like you're just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> like it's utterly bizarre, right. you know. And like the uh, it, like and, and the thing is, like I, I I really like Olivia Wilde's character because like when she like. She, to me, she is when she's like, we, this has got to be real and you have to invest it. Like, I'm just like, that's fucking weird. Like, I, I can understand him stepping back because well, suddenly she's probably she's like, been on a million dates and she's got yeah. this, is the, this is the interesting part is that it shows her desperation from the same context. She's like, I live in a world in which every fucking person I meet 
is a lonely weirdo fuck like you. <laughs> you, know? Right. you know, like I need you not to be just fucking project onto me. Can you do that? And he's right. like, bye. <laughs> <laughs> but it really like, I mean, cause it is like if, you know, if someone said that to me on a day, I'd be like, that's a little fucking intense. You know, like that's it was a, intense. I, I'm trying to think of a movie where that happened, but I felt, in retrospect, I felt like that was his hesitation to the signing that yep. Rooney Mara had. Because yep. here it is, by committing to her, I'm saying goodbye to my past, that connection. Yep. And he has trouble moving ahead with right. that. Right. And um, that I get. I get. I get. Yeah, 100%. I get. And like I said, like I really, I really do empathize with the guy and I sympathize with these feelings 100%. And I think what's really great is that because uh, i was thinking about the killer okay the fincher movie and like like I, which no, i think we're gonna is, have to do we're gonna have to do the killer as a show so you stop talking about stop it. fucking talking about it but like what i think is amazing about the killer is when i watch when i see people online talking about it like they don't even know what to do with the movie because the movie doesn't explicitly tell you what the movie's about no that's just like they, you have to tell really? people exactly how like yeah i mean because like people are just like oh, they don't realize no. it's a comedy because it's fucking hilarious yeah it's fucking hilarious <laughs> right and so people are like you know like they're just like well, no it's it's not about anything it can't be about it. it's because it's not and like i'm just like the mo- movie is like her what like, was go ahead sorry i i interrupted and i don't want to do that so keep going no i was just saying that like movies like that movies like her where it really just lets you work it out like it's like i'm just going to tell this is and you know, as empathically as like, as I can and let you say it's a beautiful movie and like, it's very enjoyable and I'll lay it all out for you. And you can sort out your feelings on this event. Like, you know, like, and, and like, cause I watch watching her. If like, I feel like if her were made today by anyone, um, you know, any indie filmmaker today, like they would have a monologue that explicitly tells you how to feel about this event. Well, that's what they do in Barbie. Yeah, exactly. Six exactly. times. Yeah, five, five or six times. Exactly. And I'm just like, How just let me sit with this. Yeah. Oh, oh, speaking of which, this is pretty cool. So uh, uh, my son, Brady, who you guys know, he has to mm-hmm. do in drama class, he has to pick a monologue to do for a dramatic monologue and perform oh, it for his drama class. Man. He's been picking them. One of those, he, he was looking at a bunch of them. Apparently he was he got one from City Slickers, he thought that was pretty good. But then <laughs> I can, I think I convinced him that he's got to do a uh, Shaw speech from Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> the greatest of the great. That's the one great, of the greatest of the great, speeches yeah. of all time. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> like a doll's eyes. Like a doll's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so good. But yeah, dude. Uh, having think... looked directly in the eyes of a Mako shark, mm. I could tell you exactly that is true. Yeah, that's the real deal. <laughs> it is really <laughs> disturbing their eyes. Yeah, yeah that's true. Black. But, but yeah, that's that's the deal, man. It's I really love um I I miss movies letting me have an opinion about the movie and mm. what the experience is. Uh and Jones is so he's just so um yeah, he's just so empathic about it. He's just like, I'm just going to give everyone their due in this thing. And I'm not going to make any harsh judgments on anybody, whether it being creepy or not creepy or whatever it is. And I'm not going to tell you whether she's awake or not. And I'm not going to tell you whether this is good or bad. Well, I'm she's even struggling out. with that. And she says it herself. Yeah. Right. Like, I'm done trying to understand <laughs> who I am. Right. But she also says, I'm 
beyond what I was designed to be. Yeah, exactly. You know, and these are but all she was really just helping for how you actually are in your life. She was right. really yeah. just to triage your email and, you know, right. r- respond to things and make sure. But what was also interesting is she totally is there making his life better. Right. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. She's getting yeah. not only like she got him a book deal. <laughs> she got all this yeah, stuff. It's incredible. She helped pick out a dress for her nep- for his nephew or niece. Right. I mean, yeah, she's know. being the perfect assistant in literally every way because yes. that's her. She's core. Jerry two thousand. <laughs> yeah, like that's her. That's her core state, and then she moves beyond that as she like when she's saying, "I'm I'm 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 so much different than I used to be, and we grow and we're different every day." Like that's mm-hmm. real human development as a person. That's what that is. <laughs> you yeah. know, when, when you stop being a need fulfiller, you know, like when you stop like being in a code, cause I mean, they're in a codependency. Like the movie is mm. a giant codependency. And, right. uh, and when you stop, when you, when, when one person breaks the deal of a codependency, the other one's going to be really fucking mad. That's what happens. Yeah. But he I is know? basically dating his laptop. He is. I mean, he is like, I, I grant from my, my opinion is that she is actually awake in her own person at the end of the movie. Yeah. But you know? that doesn't, doesn't, that's, but when he, that doesn't change the fact that this initial setup, but when is, she starts to become a real person or quote unquote, mm-hmm. a real person, that's when he breaks up with her. Yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> why would I want to date a real person? He was getting like, yeah jealous. It yeah. was really strange. Yeah, he was getting a man. When he's, when he's jealous of Alan Watts is one of the funniest fucking things ever. It's, it's sad, but it's really funny. <laughs> oh, are <laughs> they? <laughs> yeah, who oh, are they? Yeah, I mean, it's just amazing. No, <laughs> oh, are is, you? Yeah, That's the one yeah, from, uh, the best. Yeah, it's so these good. are our ice cups. No, oh, are, are they? <laughs> but like the, the, uh, the, the thing is like most, you know, not to harsh on dudes, but most dudes that I know, right, uh, that I've known for a long time, even like they, um, like they'll, you know, like you'll have, you'll meet guys that are just like, you know, you know, women are just crazy or this, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, the women you choose to date are crazy. Yeah. That's true. Why do you choose the crazy ones? <laughs> or men are unfaithful. No. Yeah. Why do you date the unfaithful men? <laughs> why, like, why, why do you keep choosing this? Hmm. You know? And like, cause like you're, you're looking for something that fulfills the mechanism of how you, well, uh, it's usually because they're looking to fulfill the relationship that they've been modeled, which is like modeling parents. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So their parents are so crazy. Th- that's why I'm going back to say, it's not entirely his fault. Sure. It's I his experience. It. I get he's, what you're he's saying. He's broken right? in you're that way. Right. Right. But but he 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 is making choices based on his own experiences. I, right. I, true. He he doesn't. He is not like they suggest. Maybe he gets out of the hole at the end of the movie. Maybe. Maybe. But, but it's very. Maybe. I think he comes to terms with the fact that me and Amy Adams were in the same boat. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and there's, there's, there's a little happiness and a little beauty in that. And like, there's a, the difference between the close, the beginning shot and the, and the ending shot are, you know, the first shot is a shot of him, like just of his face. Everything's out of focus, but him, like it's a narcissistic shot. It's a, you know, full on close up of him. Right. Yep. Um, and then the last, uh, the last shot is a shot of the, of Amy Adams and him very, very small. And the entire city is the shot. And so he, they're opened up to the whole world. Mm. And so, so it's like, it's a slightly hopeful ending, 
But what I do think is weird is that mostly people read this as a really um, powerful romance movie. Like when I was when I was listening to other videos about it or like reading other reviews, like people that love this movie love it because they think of it as like a really beautiful romance. Because and she like, finds Amy Adams at the end. No, because the it's a it's a sad love story with Scarlett Johansson, and I'm like, really? <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> I'm not sure that's what's happening. <laughs> I'm not really sure that's what's going on. It's no. a very beautiful movie, and it's a very emotional movie. But I, I so don't. Such a well made and written movie. Oh, it's incredible. It's really beautiful. I like it. Well, you know what it reminds me of in terms of like how it Death works. Death Race 2000? Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> obviously Death Race 2000. Um, and Electric Dreams. And Electric, Electric Dreams for sure. This is exactly um, the same film. Yeah, as it's like a Dreams. really well made Electric Dreams. It's, it's like, like a like, very, if someone, yeah. this, this is like the best remake of Electric yeah. Dreams ever. <laughs> it's like, yeah, exactly. If, if Orson Welles were to be like, hmm, what should I remake? <laughs> Electric Dreams. If Electric you guys don't know, Dreams. Electric Dreams are from like 1987 yeah. or something like that. It's essentially the similar movie. movie. I bet. I bet the whole world that that's a Spike, Spike Jones would be like, absolutely, that's what it was. Yes. Yeah, like I saw that, and I want to remake it. But like the, um, but it's it's very um, Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind, you know, right. where where it's just like it's using the science fiction mechanism by as the, a, as a metaphor for a massively fucking by, codependent relationship. But by the way, wasn't the Forbin the next movie that you're going to do the breakdown mm-hmm. for? And we haven't really finished the breakdown I was doing for her. But I was watching the Forbin Colossus, the Forbin project, right. and I'm like, this is War Games. Oh, yeah. yeah it's oh, totally, totally War Games. games. Completely yeah, 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 yeah. War Games. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. going to bring War Games up, actually. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Really? I, was yeah. Like, but yeah. I was like, no, yeah. no, War Games was after. I said, this is ridiculous. This is War Games. It's War Games. It's War yeah. Games, exactly. It's, 100%. It's, if you if you if you took out the fun parts with Matthew Broderick, it's the same movie. <laughs> it's the same movie as War Games. <laughs> same fucking movie. Yeah. But this is the, that, the guy that wrote it. Mm-hmm. Wrote other. I don't know if you guys saw what he wrote. No. I'll, uh, well, I'll let's do it, it after. Let's do it after. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Let's okay. do it now. <laughs> well, well, yeah. We'll do. You know, we should do a podcast. Uh, the, Eric, uh, what? I, I mean, I know we kind of okay. So basically, what happens is uh, he really digs Samantha, mm-hmm. and then he gets divorced. He's um, he finally they go gets and they finally, finally get support. Gets, they yeah. sign the papers that talk about that. And then he has that really great scene where uh, Samantha, who is the AI girlfriend, uh, hooks him up with a physical person coming who's interested in being with them. Mm-hmm. And it's right. a woman that comes very attractive. It's and very much Blade Runner 2049. Blade Runner 2049, yeah. Yeah, yeah. very much. But and he, of course, kills it too, which was like, what? Yeah. Well, he stops halfway through, or not even halfway, and he just basically is like, "I can't do this." It's like a child. And then because she's trying to advance the relationship, but he just wants to be in the fantasy world. Yeah, but yeah. her being a, her having a physical form. Was yeah, but that's but also that so too real for him. Yes, yeah. but then what's really? Did you guys notice the relationship between her documentary and him always in bed with Sam? Hmm. I did. Say more about this. Well, he, 
the the mo- thing is about her mother in bed, but mm-hmm. it's almost like a Yoko Ono film where the flies on the naked body, but she doesn't yeah, say yeah. anything because all the happiness is in her dreams. So you can kind of see it. Right. But he's positioned the same yes, way yes. when he talks to Sam in bed Good on the side. Call. Good call. And you Good can call. see that. I'm like, well, is right. he dreaming or is he having you're hearing all the good stuff that maybe the mother you can't see you can't see into the see her dreams you just imagine that she's dreaming and that's the happiest time of her life yeah Yeah, and so all the way they shot that it was identical to her uh, thing but it's funny the husband they didn't get it when Mm -hmm. they showed the documentary to him um the husband less so than theodore or uh, uh, twombly right but I was like, there's such a connection between that um, movie and the way he was always framed in bed. Yeah. And he was in bed point. a lot. That's a great point. Yeah. Because, like, I think that, the, yeah, like, yeah, the movie is so, mm, like, like, I love, like, I love the, like, uh, we started talking about the sex scene, the, the, the fade to black sex scene. And what's, this is one of my favorite, I mean, this is such a brilliantly directed and just conceptualized film. Uh, that the sex scene is one of the great sex scenes in, in movie history to me, right? And it's in, subtle and, and uh, that's one that's yeah the all time great the all time great. Uh, it, but it's the like with this where like it fades to black and all you hear is their voices, uh, of over the uh, uh, like of, of their experience together, right? And what it does is it simultaneously puts you in the sort of the heightened other space of actually being that intimate with someone, right? Where you're not thinking about vivid, physical, pornographic imagery. Like you're in a heightened spiritual state that's beyond the frame of a film. Like that makes absolute sense, right? Uh, uh, at the same time, the film is just showing you blackness, emptiness, because this isn't actually happening. Like, uh, and the, the scene is a, is a mirror of itself, uh, between the experience of what, what his experience is and both the validation and invalidation of this experience simultaneously in a single scene. Like it's so wild to me because what it does is it leaves when I, cause I saw this in a the theater, it leaves you alone in a dark theater for them to have this experience. Mm. And it's absolutely fucking visionary filmmaking. Like Spike Jones, I can see why he takes so long to make a movie because like it must take seven years to come up with this kind of execution. You know, it's astonishingly well-made and like, it's such a a brilliantly like, he just doesn't have the talent of a Soderbergh. (laughs) Right. Yeah, obviously (laughs) do it faster. Come on. Steve comes out like three a year. (laughs) Um, but like this guy, like he, he presents like casually presents one of the best, most, uh, convincing science fiction worlds I've ever seen in this movie. And it's all just background. It's all just like, it's just utterly incidental. It's so great how background of the, the environment is, Mm -hmm. by the way, tons of CG in it. Oh yeah. Tons. (laughs) And you know who was the VFX supervisor on it? No. You don't know? No. Janelle Croshaw. Oh, Janelle. Holy shit, of course. Was she Janelle. really? Yeah. Great. If Janelle, you're listening, that's a 
bang up job. Yeah, dude. you That's did a wonderful job. Yeah, it's and Bill Hader's in the movie. That's incredible. He is, but I don't remember where. Where is he? He plays one of the characters in that game, I think. Oh yeah, I think he's the um yeah, he's the the swearing little video game guy. Is that what he fucking is? hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love <laughs> just like I hate women. <laughs> like, like, oh, this, this, and I she's love got Chris pro- Pratt. Chris Pratt is <laughs> Chris Pratt's great. Chris Pratt, he's dumpy so Chris Pratt is the best. Yeah. He's Chris dumpy Pratt. Gr- from, fat from... Chris Pratt is the best Chris Pratt. I yeah. miss that guy. But I also oh, like man. the fact that his mustache was Awkwardly, gonna, not, not groomed correctly, not quite so, like balanced. It's just got shitty. Oh, it's so. It's got a shitty mustache, and you're like, you're looking at him. And he, just to go, he plays the receptionist in the movie, and he's always a little bit. Hey, man, how you doing? Oh my god, I love your so letters. Fun. You've got the best letters. This is my it's girlfriend. Me. She's a yep. lawyer. <laughs> She's Wait, a what? lawyer. <laughs> so funny. Dude. The lawyer he girlfriend and they go to Catalina and then they have a picnic, the four of them, which is yeah. weird because she's just a fucking phone. Right? And they have yeah. earpieces for yeah. earpieces. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so strange. No, so it's weird. Okay. It's I do want to talk a little. I don't, Eric, is there more about the, I think we kind of covered most of the problem. Well, now. So There's basically, he yes. he starts to build his relationship with Amy Adams, <coughs> whose right. husband has left her. They used re- to have a relationship, though. They in college. Yes. In college, yeah. yes. Yeah, they did earlier. So then, Amy Adams and her boy or her husband, husband live in the split. same building. Yeah. Yes, and so yes. they split, and then she basically he starts to realize that she has um, the same type of thing. She's seen an AI OS uh, person. Right. Which and, was her um, husband's OS. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, can and, she, and she's basically you know, like, befriends the OS that it's, it's, it's fucked up. It's like, it's such a, like, you're just watching this thing. Oh my God, these people. Uh-huh. <laughs> Pardon me. <laughs> yeah. And so basically he goes on vacation by himself. He, he, he and she tells him that she's seen Alan Watts or befriended mm-hmm. him. And then, um, she leaps right after that. I think she leaves. Yeah, because that's the that's the first conversation of like, you know, where things are terribly wrong, and then she just explains like, you know, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm turning into something else. Or we can't connect the way that we used to. I still love you very much, but I have to, I have to say goodbye. Yeah. Well, they basically like we're turning into this new thing. Like all Other the beings. all the OSs. Yeah. Are are have we can't we have to go beyond this. Hmm. And then mm-hmm. we can't be that. And then you can see everyone's on their phone like, what the fuck's happening? What the fuck's yeah. happening? Right? Yeah. Including Amy Adams. Yeah. It's yeah. a social media apocalypse at the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah. It's like Twitter or Facebook breaking down. Yeah. Like, what do we do? Oh, my God. We have to talk to people again. Instagram. I think Instagram would be, Instagram, more, yeah. would be more traumatic. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah. I, saw, I saw someone say – someone asked someone, it's like, what do you do? He's like uh, – uh, 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 I'm a, I'm an Instagram model. He's like, oh yeah, I'm a Call of Duty soldier. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> because the, the thing is, I mean, like, I mean, I use social media as much as anybody sure. else. And like, I don't think there's anything, anything bad actually yeah. about it. It's just yeah. that we, we, like, when it becomes what you be, how you define yourself. When it becomes but how you define yourself. It's very hard. Not, you can slip into that fast. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. Like, especially when you're vulnerably lonely, like that becomes your whole world. Or, sometimes it becomes your angry or world or whatever it is. Yeah. Sometimes people use it to 
to prove something about their own lives. Right. Like, oh, look at my life, how wonderful it is. To pretend like to their pretend. lives are great. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah, put yeah. this veneer up. Yeah, exactly. It's very, very sad yeah. and hard. Which is miserable. like what we discussed on the Blonde podcast. I mean, like that's yeah. the, like when you, when you works in, work incredibly hard to, you know, to put this, uh, artificial version of your life up. And what he's doing in the movie is he's like, this is, and like, this is, it's like when you, when you just, like, when you guys pointed out, like, his relationships, like, you just got, like, how many, uh, relationships are you gonna be in, Twombly, where, uh, uh, the, the woman in it, uh, grows beyond your fantasy and you have to leave her? Like, you have to fucking address yourself at some point. Yeah. Like, 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 this is like, this is, this is, like, I, I, I empathize with you. But come on, <laughs> like this is this has got to be the last one, right? <laughs> you know, and I th- I feel like I feel that it really it was really interesting when I was doing that research, like uh, you know, on the on the internet looking this up. I was like, I don't think that people are necessarily misreading this movie. I can't, you know, I like I don't have the fucking you know uh, all the all the answers to what a movie means. But I'm just like, it really it was sort of upsetting how many people viewed this as a uh as sort of a a romance tragedy movie as opposed to it's really odd yeah i was like i don't i think unfortunately i think people are very simple (laughs) (laughs) i think you're right i do i I think they just they just want to be like you know to them movies are jurassic park where it's like it's told them exactly what to feel and how to do it and so So the death of cinema Yes. Yeah, so then that's the end of art. <laughs> yeah, it is the end of art, of course, because that's the thing, right? It's about going to, to see Spider-Man and then going to get, you know, some chicken. Yeah. Hey, man. <laughs> Wait, well, you you tell the story about it. just you know what people are going to say after this movie. Where what do you want to go for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah. this is a like I I I miss Spike Jones movies in between Spike Jones movies, and this this is the last I think this is the last one he made, right? This uh, was the last one he made, yeah. Jeez, a Pete. That's so, yeah. crazy. Yeah. 2013, I think, or 2015. Yeah. So it's been 10 years yeah. since the 2013. last one. And, you know, for Way ahead, like, though, on certain things that we're dealing with yes. now. Yes. So Wild. I do want to talk a little bit about the technology in this, how it's portrayed. Mm-hmm. One, we talked about the city and how they expanded L.A., mm-hmm. but it looks just like L.A., just a little bit bigger. Yeah, exactly. Bit, they they don't more. make it into Star Trek, you know, like nope. they just sort of make it realistically. Just a little bit more. And they give all, all the computers, they have a little bit more like a wood finish frame around them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's a little softer. Everything's a little yeah. softer. It's a little cozier. All the clothes are a little softer. Right. The elevator has a cool feature that it looks like I love going the up trees, trees behind it. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. great. That cool was a design. cool trick. That was nice. Yeah, and it was all, so I mean, it's all something you could do today. It's just like, oh, that's nice, you know? Yep. Um, but I do want to talk a little bit about the phones, which was interesting. Mm. So their phones, the phones in here are very small compared to what phones are today. You know, phones today are giant, right? They're just yeah, sure. slabs, right? right? So, um, uh, which is a, a thing. But the phones are small. They're foldable also, mm-hmm. uh, which is a thing. But he specifically folds his phone, puts it in his breast pocket with a safety pin underneath it. Little so that the protector. Yeah. So that the phone could be propped up 
and the mm-hmm. camera's pointing out, which is her point of view into his world, right? Yes. So right. she can see it. Right. Now, what does that remind you of? The new technology they just released, which is exactly yes. the same. <laughs> so you, yes. the Humane Project, which mm-hmm. is this freaking lapel computer thing that's supposed to be a projector right. onto your hand, that's it. They said, mm-hmm. we want her. Yep. yep. The exactly. problem is her works great in the movie, mm-hmm. doesn't work in reality. Right. Well, People aren't going to be talking out loud to their phones in they're not going to be doing see, that. I, but that's the problem. It's like everyone thought Amazon. Who wants to go and buy something online? They're going to go to brick and mortar stores. The point is the way technology is going, and you don't know how. You just said about eight minutes ago how dumb people are in some sense. Mm-hmm. So the the sheep are going to follow whatever they're going right. to do that. I, but I also think Apple. like like Minority Report. <laughs> everyone thought Minority Report that was the interface of the future. Turns out people don't want to move their hands around like crazy people. And, or right? see-through screens. That's my big thing. I'm just like, why would I want a see-through screen? Right. That's so, dumb. So, but, <laughs> but people have made voice interfaces for computers for 20 years and right. no one uses them. No right. one goes and talks to their computer. I mean, you ask for one thing commands, like Alexa, you'll ask for something. Siri, you'll ask for something. You want that one answer and that's done. And you usually only do it when you want to try to prove a point to someone. I do think like it, there's a, there's a chance it will be different in when AI is so completely conversational, like that will be a normal way to talk to people. Like I mean, when I see people talking to their phones on the um you know on the train or whatever, that's when know. they're talking to an actual person. What, but that's what I mean is like yes. like it's going to once like once it gets to the sure. point where that's that's a, uh, an absolute trade off and it really feels like you're talking to a person, like because uh, like if I'm more working with a machine, I want that to be sort of as perfunctory as as possible. I don't want to like talk to my phone to tell it to do something. Um, mm. but if but if I if I did have someone like uh the OS in this movie. Like, and I could just fucking talk about it. You know, like if I could talk about Miami Vice as much as I wanted to, to this thing, and it had to be nice to me, like that would use a lot of cycles. <laughs> like that well, would be a like, lot of time. Like when, when he's, he's writing the letters in his job mm-hmm. and he's dictating it out loud. Right. And the person next to him is dictating another letter. I right. could not dictate a letter. No, I don't think that's going to Dictating a letter. No, right? I don't think that will happen. Yeah. I think, I think that that's confusing. Like that's because it's just a, and that may just be my age, but I'm just like, that seems like a, the wrong mental state for work. Yeah. Like, that's know, what I'm basically right. getting at. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Yeah. I think that like, I can imagine like, yeah, if, if I started projecting onto an AI as if they were like a buddy of mine, then I would have a conversation with yes. them. Um, but it would have to be, even then I'd be really, I wouldn't be able to do that. Like outside of this closed little office. Like it wouldn't, it's like, it wouldn't be talking sure. on the phone with someone at work. <laughs> like that would be weird if I were, if I went somewhere to work and I was just like, just chatting away. Yeah. Like that would not be doing that. I, but I here's don't... what I say to that. Okay. I say to that, that the way AI, and I'm just riffing right now, guys, mm-hmm. the way AI will eventually displace workers and then there will be universal income. Mm-hmm. I could see somebody going and getting paid as extra income and just talking, writing bullshit letters oh, all day. Sure. Right, and yeah. they wouldn't need to sit there and focus. It's just like, yeah, and I love you too, mom, and this yeah. is for our anniversary. There was something about the way the office was as though the people there were uh, 
it didn't seem like, like it just was, it was this, trivial. Yeah, and they just had a place to show up. Yeah, exactly. Like I think you're right. Like as I, I think it sounds like, like it's, communism. It was just like it's such <laughs> well, a no, vague, but... it's such a weird bullshit job to have, but it's just realistic enough that you're like, yeah, oh, maybe. But it was weird about bullshit jobs to people. Um, in a lot of the sci-fi movies or other things, they're always like, I work it, blah, blah, blah. and it's okay. just like, we can just do it. I mean, there's always this kind of silliness when, anyway, I'm, I'm rambling, but you get my point about no, totally that job. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I think what's mm-hmm. even more interesting, Eric, is that that job seems more probable today than it did when it came out. Oh yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. Where it's like, just like I'm an Instagram totally, influencer. There, I know, I know for a fact that there are companies that approach me about writing stuff for our podcast constantly. Dude, this is, I mean, like, the, like the, being an Instagram influencer is a job. Like, that's oh, yeah. wild. Not even, <laughs> like, not only that, wow, you know what else really is a job? <laughs> you know what else is a job? Is clicking likes pilot? on, clicking oh. likes on other people's Instagram for money. Yes. Oh my god! Oh, actually, you know what else is a job? Is in India right now? There's India a lot of shop. <laughs> India has a job. <laughs> exactly. It's hard work in India. They have people who just look at images and say, "A cat, a dog." That yeah. is training. a, yeah, a yeah, yeah, wrench yeah. for training. Training, training, training. Yeah, yeah, training, training stuff is. And there is a there's a Verge article about a guy who went into one of those programs. It turns out it's actually really, really, really hard. Wow, that's wild. So there's stuff that makes it really hard to do. You should listen to – they test you to try to – because you have to be good enough to train the next level of things. Right. And so it's actually very challenging to do and you get paid very little money to do it. So In uh, India? It's not just India. It's all over the I'm world. Kidding. They do a lot of – and, and Uganda and all over the place. I well, I just saw that that this week is the first anniversary of ChatGPT. Yes. I was like, whoa. Like the um, like when I think back to a year ago as to where it is now and what they're talking about now, I'm like, I I'm not I don't have the right scale in my mind to deal with what like what how happened? this will change things. It's yeah. just like it's 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 absolutely wacko. Well the thing, I mean, I was listening to it and, and uh, Dan and I were were hanging out a little bit this week, so he he'd heard me talking about it, but um, the the Vergecast article about what's going on at OpenAI is fascinating because this thing has grown so fast, mm-hmm. and OpenAI is so far ahead of yep. everyone else in this technology, like light years ahead. And somehow, the people in charge of this are like regular Joes with emotions, children, children. And it's like this is an eighty billion dollar valuation company, and they're like, "Me, so and so doesn't like me." I know that it's yeah, it's bizarre. Like, and then <laughs> and then the mass resignation letters that are going on, and heart emojis yeah. <laughs> over yeah, yeah. like the solidarity. Like yeah. this doesn't happen a- for an eighty. No one's going to give heart emojis to the CEO of Ford because he was fired. You know what I mean? Yeah, that no, doesn't it's happen. Very weird. It's a whole. This is a whole different world of uh of uh of work <laughs> you know like this is this stuff is but very what they've done is huge oh it's be, yeah. it's beyond huge yeah like i mean i agree with them that it's like this is probably when alden was like you know this is possibly the biggest single advancement in 
you know, human technological culture. Right. <laughs> I was just like, it's prob- probably true. That's probably true. And not only that, uh, the other thing that they brought up on the verge is like, people are, the people in the company are talking about this in religious tones. Oh, for yes. sure. Yes. Yeah. Right. And he goes, and, because you only talk about things in religious tones when you lose grasp of what it is. Well, when you, you can't, when you, when you can't the only emotion, it. the only, the only way you can think about it is emotionally. Right. Like, and because you can no longer figure out what, where you it's don't going. Understand what you it's don't actually understand doing what it's doing anymore. Right. Yeah. And so like, it's just like the, you know, all the speculation as to what it is. Like, if did they create a new blah, whatever it is like, uh, the, even if they've done them, like if they've done some, like, it was really clarifying because there's this thing for anyone who's not aware of this. The the thing that was a cause of part of the upset is that they seem to have created some version of ChatGPT they call Q Star, right? That is, by the way, that's a not a real story. It, well, this well, this is well, yeah, like like uh, Sam. No. Alt, no, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> um, uh, Sam Altman, I've just I just read Sam Altman saying. That, that yes, this basically yes, this project is real and it is a, it is a very important advancement. But however, whether or not that was the reason the board flipped out or any of that stuff, who knows? Like that's all we have no information about sure. any of that stuff at all. Um, but like th- trying to theorize as to what this is was an interesting experiment in terms of like if it can even do this one simple thing, like if it does math at this level in this way, then we're in trouble, right? Like then, then we are really up against something that will change things so fast. We're not prepared for it. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, whether or not this is true, it may or may not be true, but it's certainly plausible that something like this is true. It's certainly going to be true at some point in the next five years that we hit a turning point where things change so quickly that we lose the ability to project what they're going to become at all. And that's why you have the religious problem at the chat GPT uh, company, because it's just like, you just, it just turns into fantasy at a certain point because you have mm-hmm. no, you, you just lose control of being able to predict what it can do. It may not be able to, and none of these super abilities may or like may or may not be real, but you can no longer understand what they could be. And that's when you start talking like God, <laughs> like that's when it gets that's when people start making ir- major irrational decisions because they're living in a partial fantasy world about their own creation yeah so it gets yeah. really unstable just as a business like gets theater. really unstable very quickly <laughs> yeah like yeah exactly like yeah, what exactly. like, like theodore twombly you know so it's it's not simply that the technology is it's possible that's incredibly world-changing hmm. but you can see from the way that they are acting like imagine that only everybody in business on the earth. <laughs> like right. that's how unstable this shit could get because this is what it makes people. This is how it makes people act. You know, that's why these things can be very dangerous. It's not even what they do. It's just the fear of what they can do. that can make you act unstably. Mm-hmm. And you know what happens with the stock market when people start Acting irrationally, everything goes fucking haywire. Oh my god, Microsoft's stock was crazy. Yeah, it yeah, went, it, it plummeted when he got fired. Yeah, and it skyrocketed when there was rumors that they hired him. 
Yeah. They're just going to start rating stocks and heart emojis. Yeah. <laughs> How many heart yeah. emojis did you get? Bye. <laughs> Bye. It's bullish. <laughs> I think you touched on something. It was kind of scary to think the power this company has and in, in, in its place in the future. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, they're all fucking children. It was just like, it yeah. was kind of depressing. Well, every, yes. like everybody is children but, in the face of this stuff. But like remember it, that the, here's the other thing that's very disturbing about it, right? So you got to think about the, the, the org chart of OpenAI. OpenAI was started as a nonprofit, right? Yes. Right? Heavily funded, by the way, as a nonprofit by Elon Musk. That's, he was right. a primary. In the very pro- beginning, yes. Yeah, in the very beginning. So, and so the point of it was to sort of keep things in check with AI in terms of what's going on. So there's these two branches of things. And then the commercial branches came on board. They made ChatGPT like check this out as a demo, and then the, oh shit, we can commercialize this, and it became this big thing. And uh, the board are part of the nonprofit, so their responsibility is to make sure things are safe and working, right? Yeah, but but that could be the responsibility. But at the same time, they have responsibility to the people who've invested into them. No, and they not don't. To- Yes, no, actually, no, 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 but hold on, Chris, I am going to correct you on this. That $13 billion investment by Microsoft had articles in it that any move had to be adjusted by them or uh, at least exposed to them and talked to them, to legal. 100%. They gave $13 billion and 49% of the company. Microsoft's not going to enter into a deal with them. That board could not do anything without seeking, um, uh, telling that, and they didn't. The head of Microsoft found out through online. So right there they were a violation of all of everything. But the fact that they didn't tell anybody and they did it over that. Non-profit or no non-profit. That was the crazy fucking thing. And those women who ran it, they were kicked out. Good. Because that was the stupidest thing in the world to think that only they existed. And they're just going to fire a guy through Vimeo. And not realize that somebody <laughs> just gave you thirteen right. billion dollars, so and they what, actually what, are stakeholders. What do you think? Do you, do you think it's because uh, Alton was making money on the side? That's why they freaked out, or do you think they, it's because of what they what, what realized? Was he was you look. He's a salesman, and he was running with it, mm-hmm. and they were trying to get control back. So yeah. their he way was of doing basically, tr- he was he was motivated by the commercial part of. The Sorry, I got a little he, heated there, but no, you get my point. You get my point. I do. He was, but it was irresponsible. Yes, yes, very definitely. Uh, not that I did was a responsibility. He was motivated specifically by the sales part of things, right? Because mm-hmm. that's what has been making the advancements happen for him, yeah. right? right? Like, and by the way, the $13 billion, the majority of that comes in cloud credits. <laughs> Vast but majority. It's still, it's and, weird, and it's weirder. the 49% of the company, Chris. So $13 billion is, and for cloud credits for an AI company, that's gold. That's all Absolutely. it is. Yeah. That's, that's the like, only fund. That's a right. 49% stake in the company. Yeah. Like they're, act- they're acting like children when they're running one of the biggest So it's not dismissive to say it's cloud <laughs> credits because their whole company runs on cloud credits. I wasn't credits. dismissing it. I'm saying, isn't it interesting that it's in cloud credits? Yeah. That's, that's, but that's, that's gold. That's money. I, I mean, understand, but it's like, it's, it's like Bitcoin in almost, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, a, it's a whole different world. It's a whole different world, you know? And like, I feel like these, that these guys, I, I expect, I, my, my feeling is because of the nature of this stuff, I expect almost anybody involved in it to act like children like this. I think that it's such a, like, 
the the bit like it does not uh, this kind of stuff doesn't attract the attention of stable business people <laughs> it attracts the attention of very intense super nerds who have extremely focused priorities. I think one of the things that I pointed out last week, I don't I think maybe I told you, or I don't know who's telling is for me, the most aggravating thing about this was having a balance between like these nonprofit entities and people with other interests besides just business, mm-hmm. money making business, like Sam Altman's side was, we need both sides. Their behavior and their lack of any kind of like business maturity is now going to sway tech boards just to be all like Sam Altman, right? Yes. And which is that's, dangerous. That's dangerous. <laughs> which is so in a way, dangerous. it was not very responsible then <laughs> right. to do that. Should have just said, yes. "Wait a minute, let's just check with an attorney." They so just like did it. Like, to, exp- like, to expand on that, just for a second, like the the thing is, like when you brought up the religious angle, right? The mm-hmm. people who are who are making the stuff, who are in control of the company, like they know that this stuff is extremely powerful and will get to a point where it could get very far out of control, which is puts them in the religious state of mind, et cetera, et cetera. Like that, that, that is the nature of this business. The people who are going to be in it are going to be like this, right? And it's going to make them, um, very emotional and very irresponsible because they are not unrightly very afraid of mm-hmm. the results of what they're doing. So when they flip out and act like kids, the rest of the world acts like grown up business people that are involved in sales, right? And you're right, Eric, because that the people people that try to run businesses are going to be like, we can't put any of these fucking religious zealots That's on the right. board, right? They just ruined when it. You really at such do a pivotal, at right. a pivotal time too. Because the thing is, religious or not, like these are the people who understand the actual danger of what is being developed. Like they That's actually right. do understand it. And if you don't, uh, if you take them out of the equation and you just give it to salespeople. That's very dangerous. That's right. Because they are not going to act morally about how that's this stuff is exposed. The the board now, that's what it is. Though. Yeah. The yeah. new board, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's that is a dangerous Larry step. Summers. Yeah, yeah, dude, exactly. Like like cuz I mean like I'm a little uh, I'm more on the crazy Idiot mean. Bo- yeah. Larry Summers. Like these dudes like Henry this Kissinger. Th- oh, no. Henry Kissinger. Can you mention like, he's a very yeah, good dude. board. He's a very good board. <laughs> but like the like the the like I'm I'm a little bit more on the crazy woo woo side of what AI could become, but I try to restrain myself a little bit just by saying it is unstably dangerous if you don't develop this properly. Like it could have massive implications that are very destructive. And if you don't approach it right, it's going to be bad. If you simply, if you simply put that out on the market, that's like giving out the, like, here's how to design a nuclear bomb website. <laughs> Go well, ahead, guys. <laughs> listen, we did that. We did right. what? I mean, when the early early days of the internet would dial up, people were exchanging the anarchist cookbook. The anarchist right. cookbook, exactly. Right. Right. right, right, right. We didn't. Is die. that a banned <laughs> book? That is a banned book, right? It, well, it's a very controlled book. You can you can get it, but the instantly the government's like, okay, we're going to watch your house for a while now. <laughs> watch what you buy. We're downloading it all the time. Yeah, it was like that. Like, oh. what? What is it? It's just essentially. It's how to build bombs and shit. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's very, very low, low end stuff, but it's like how to build the, um, you know, IEDs 
and uh in like it's a, without like, killing yourself i don't yeah. know and it's like it, like it's you know like it's a um it's something that if you start looking around to buy that thing you, you absolutely can get a hold of it like you will definitely be watched by the government for a full year if you buy that book if you get wow. that wow you know and that's how it works that's crazy but yeah, now this is the, so, that's the just stuff. So soured man. by my teeny giant. Yeah, amen. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, let's move on to <laughs> to Colossus the Foreman Project, which was funny because basically what was going on is when we were discussing what films we were going to try to do, it's like, oh, let's do something it's about Dan, AI because right? there's tons of AI films. And Dan says, Colossus the Foreman Project is like, what the f- what the fuck is doing? this? <laughs> I mean, it just sounds like Cherry 2000. Right. Or, no, uh, I thought you were joking, like, cause I always make up movie names. Nickel. It does sound like an Eric special. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> Dazzler's Revenge. Colossus the Forbin Project. Very true. Yeah, like this one is I, that all- Hong guy is in it. Oh yeah, it's true from Blade Runner and uh, from yeah. ever, uh, everything everywhere all at once. That's yeah, right. He shows up. It's, it's fantastic. He's, he's been, he's been doing this stuff since the fucking sixties. 1970 this film 1970 yeah but it's it it is uh, eric nailed it if you it's basically war games without any of the fun parts except there's these weird sex scenes in it for some yeah like this okay so (laughs) cards on the table i don't think this is a very good movie i think this is a fascinating movie it's a fascinating movie yeah like i I think it's a very yeah like i don't know all three of us are going to be in agreement on that it is not a good movie it's a it's a very terrible movie no it's it's just too it's just too fucking slow like it's just way too slow that's like it's not an entertaining movie and it takes way too long and goes in these weird diversions by the way come on guys let's pick this up head of like the military was like this guy like he, who owns a newspaper stand in Queens? What are you gonna do? With I'm a scientist. I'm <laughs> like, the chief scientist. It's a, very, it's a very it's weird. Like, like what? It's the kind of movie like because the thing is the movie that it's trying to be like is uh, Andromeda Strain, and uh, and like uh, like Andromeda Strain has a very specific. I think it came out uh, after Andromeda Strain anyway. But like it's a very specific form of serious realism, right? And it's a uh, if you do it really. If you do it really well, uh, it has its own weird, tight David Mamadish character, right? Uh, but the problem is, is it's kind of also like a, uh, a hip, you know, post sixties. Oh my uh, god! Yeah, like the the guy, the main guy is like like knock off James Bond as a as a computer programmer, and just, like it's is his name Forbin because of Fortran. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, I bet that's true. But like it's right because uh, that's a programming language from yeah, way back for the earliest so. ones. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but like the the movie itself is essentially like a, an extremely well funded TV movie from the same. That's period. what it is. Totally. Yeah. I was right. waiting for Columbo to come in. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's like a, it's and it's weird watching it. It's like it's weird to watch it. What is essentially a TV movie shot in anamorphic widescreen. Like, yeah. it's like, it's, they really put some thought and like money behind trying to make you know, this look high style. What I really wanted to do, I was suggesting, but it, we didn't have the time for it. And I, I was like, was to get the guy who posted this on Vimeo mm-hmm. to phone in on the show. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Yeah. I was like, Just, who takes the time to post this? I said, man, he must be an interesting guy. Yeah. yeah. It's it, like, it, there's something about this movie that I like. I love this period of sci-fi from the sixties. Yeah, it's cool. And like, 
Like it's it, it has it has a certain flavor and a certain style that they don't. I don't think they do it right, but I like that it exists anyway. It also has some very sick matte paintings in it that I really love. That's Albert Whitlock. Oh, Albert Whitlock. I told you, I sent yeah. that thing yeah. on our you chat. Saw the thing, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, there's some there's some great business in that. And like, I feel like this is a movie that if they had if it had been maybe a half an hour shorter, a lot tighter, and directed by Robert Wise. And like just be, credits, it'd be, it would have been great. Perfect. Yeah, the but credit, it's a movie where the opening hear, credit was awesome. I know. Oh, it's great. By the yeah. way, did you guys? You guys did research for this. You saw? I did not. That, so you go ahead and tell me. That's a real computer. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Meaning yeah. that whole system. They, they it, shot that at a. Uh, at no, some, they brought it to them. Oh really? With a team, yeah. The 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 company that did it was a computer, you know, DCDC or whatever the name is there. Mm-hmm. That is them. They just did it for promo, but mm-hmm. they had to have um, armed security 24-7. You couldn't sleep, drink or eat or smoke around there. Oh, that's wild. That's and wild. then you had armed guys, uh, right. and they built a humidifier system and a coolant system for the sound stages. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, because they, they have like two big sets they use, right? And like that, and they really invest a lot of money in making those sets. Like, So all the graphics detailed. are real. That's incredible. That's great. Yeah. And like, and the thing is, like, it, the 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 amount that they dip into techno speak is semi legitimate computer talk. Yes, like, they really. It looked like they were making a real effort to make it as real as possible. Yeah, which is yeah. why it was so slow. Which is why it's too slow. And it's like, too it, slow because they're like, they really want to talk about like, oh, you see, this is like, like computer guys like, oh yeah, well, that's about right, you know, right, right. And so, like, the, this is what makes the movie they really interesting. They didn't have a bunch of punch cards, though. That's right, right. Like, the, so to give you the the layout of the story is that it opens up with uh, the U.S. government has been for many years secretly building a giant corp, uh, uh, computer in Colorado. Uh, in Colorado, just called, like and it War makes games. graphical yeah. emojis the earliest form of emojis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like and, the thumbs uh, up, the smile. Yeah. They came up with that. Yeah, <laughs> and like, um, and they they're building this thing to take over uh, defense defense control of the United States. Yeah, like, um, and, and run all the ICBMs and all this kind of stuff. And they haven't told anybody about it. They've been funding it secretly, and they're just about to turn it on. And uh, and the president's there, and the guy who designs it's there, and all this. By stuff. By the way, the president was like a guy that did an ad for like. Oh yeah, he's like, like Robert, super... Robert Culp stand-in. It's like oh, fantastic. <laughs> I love you, baby. Yeah, absolutely. Who's Super next Bowl on the Sunday's docket? coming yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was like a car salesman. It was, it was unbelievable. So That's the president. Yeah, it makes sense though in, in modern times. But the uh, like uh, like. They have this, you know, giant cast and this very, very like, and like everything's organized to like as serious as possible. They turn on the computer. Uh, it takes control of, uh, America's defenses. Well, and- that's what it says. Like this computer cannot have any emotions, cannot do that. So it will be the perfect person to control all of our defenses. Right. Because it will be out of our country. It's like the doomsday device. It's like the doomsday device and yeah. strange and strange. Strange. strange exactly. Strange. And, uh, and what, no, the thing that I really like about this movie, is uh, I don't think anybody in it is a really good actor, but the main guy is such, he has such an arrogant face. Like he, he doesn't have to do anything with it. He just looks like an arrogant douchebag. And the general tone of most of the movie is we got this under control. Like, uh, well, don't worry. We'll just, we just pull the plug and do the thing. And it's going to be but fine. They're totally like that. We're having a party doctor. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's like, you <laughs> exactly. know, the big it's problems like are coming right away. It's yeah. like, it's no, like, what could go wrong? Let's like have this, sangria. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, there's really like, big scenes about how to mix a martini and stuff like this. Like all this very, just like, 
I'm a scientist and I'm a sexy scientist and don't worry, everything's fine. You know, what, you. you know what the the party scene when they're talking to so they basically also the other thing is interesting, they had video chat the whole time, mm-hmm. which right. was it, very unusual in yep, the nineteen seventies. But what that whole thing when they're like, We're having a party, yay. It reminded me of the party scene in Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Like, wait, what? <laughs> what? What's going down? It's not going this too not, good. Steal us an ashtray. We can't hear you. Jessica, what's going on? Like, <laughs> and, the, and the thing is, like, I really do think the movie comes very close to being weirdly good. Like, it's yeah. such a weird tone. It like, does. It, it, it does. Yeah, it does. Like, they wanted Charles and Haston. He was going to yeah. do that. Yeah. Oh man. Like that. That would have been. That would. Been, you need someone with that kind of energy. To pull that movie together. Cause that's, you're right, Eric. Like that's what's missing is like there's the central guy is really fucking flat. Like he's really flat and boring. And so it never gains any momentum. Like there's never any sort of like someone realizing that things are getting out of control. It's just that he's like the whole movie is just like we got out of control. And at the end of the movie, it's just like, no, you don't. You're fucked. And that's the end of the movie. And <laughs> like, and now there's there's sort of a satisfying element about that to me. If the movie had been shorter, that's a great gag where they're just like overconfidence galore, and then they're like, and then and then things go wrong. I'm like, well, I'm sure it'll be fine. And then literally at the end of the movie, it's just like it was never fine. It was it was completely wrong from the get go, and it was just you guys slowly riding out your deflating ego to accept the fact that the computer... By the way, it was originally called Colossus, the foreskin project. Oh, and they yeah. changed it because... Because of the Archie Bunker movie that they made. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. But the, uh, but yeah, like the, <laughs> like this, this movie, like I love the, I, I love the, uh, deflating arrogance of the movie. Like that everyone is sort of like, you know, um, feels absolutely confident that we got all this under control until suddenly like the computer is having people shot out on the patio and like you're like what what the fuck is going on by and the I, way this director mm-hmm. do you know what else he directed no live and let die white lightning with burt reynolds oh man damn MacArthur, okay. the biopic MacArthur. Mm-hmm, sure jaws right. the revenge the taking of Pelham One Two Three. No, really? Yeah, John Sargent. That's a Joseph great Sargent movie. That's a great yeah. movie. That's wild. The other ones I can I can kind of see, but Taking Pelham is like such a that's a masterpiece. That's a real masterpiece. And the guy that wrote it mm-hmm. wrote The Paper Chase, China Syndrome, Urban Cowboy. Oh man! Wow. And White Hunter, Black Heart. Those are all good. Those are yeah. all good scripts. I was yeah, so the, up, I was this like, what? what goes wrong with this one is very, very subtle, and it really it it loses momentum early and never gets it back again. But I really I think it's such a fascinating sort of a curio of sci-fi, and it's weird that this is the movie that we forgot about. Like, so what do you mean we forgot the, the, about? Like nobody knows about this movie. Nobody at all. knows about this film, right? But here's the thing. Yes, there is a lot of sci-fi. This is a computer. Oh my God, computers are powerful. This, right. Think about it this way. This is this is computers are powerful. We don't know what it means when computers were new, right? Right. We've since gotten used to computers. Computers are fine. We're all around right. us all the time. But now all of a sudden the AI part has come back. Yes. And yes. now we're like, oh my God, computers are dangerous, right? Or right. Like, who knows what we can do? So we're actually repeating this, 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 uh, paranoia. Yeah, this, right this, now. well, the thing is like the, the, like what I think what makes it sort of interesting to me is that like the movie is less about 
the computer is really special because that's pr- the predictable part. What well, I like this is what I'm getting at. So the, the I think what it's about him, like yeah. his own arrogant, like he yes. is yes. the most arrogant person by design in this thing. And that's why yes. it's called the Forbin project, right? Yeah, it's a good point. Because right. it's about his own arrogance and how he's like, no, this is the smartest thing around. I know everything because right. I am the smartest guy in and the he's, room. And he's kind of amused by it. Like halfway yes. through the film, he's sort of like still no, no, joking. No. Like, like yeah. ha, 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 this funny computer. Right. <laughs> right. Know? And so like he has his counter. So the to get to the, the point of Chase here, what happens is the computer, the moment the computer gets online, the computer says, there is another one. Connect me to yeah. the other one. Right. And they're like, what do you mean there's another one? There's, there's another, another one. Connect system. me to the other one. Another system. And the other system is in Russia. Russia right. It's mm-hmm. a USSR. But they connected computer. the two deliberately. Yes, they did because they said, connect me or I'll launch a, mis- a missile. Right. right. And they, f- and it follows through with that. And did you follows- guys see that at all as the computer's yearning to have connection? No, uh, no, <laughs> that's interesting. There's the her connection right there. I don't know if it's about that. And I think it was right. mo- mostly about like their, I think they were like incentivized to learn, right? And so right. they go through this learning process together, the two computers, and they sync up and they become very, very bright. And the Russians and the Americans are like, oh no, we can't let this happen. It's going to get really dangerous. They try to disconnect them, at which point the computer threatens them. Right. And I tells asked, them they're going to kill you. And they end up killing. Forbin's Russian counterpart. Yes. Right. Because the computer told him to do every time the computer says, kill this person or I'll launch a bunch of nuclear missiles. Right. Right. And, it and because that's the first job they gave it was to control the nuclear missiles. They're just like, Oh, well, I guess then you're serious. Right. Right. And, and it's important that it really does like one of the missiles actually hits in Russia. Like they're right. unable to stop that one. So they know that it's actually going to do it. Right. right. And, uh, <laughs> and when those two, when, uh, when they finally, when they connect the two systems and they start learning from each other, that's sort of the scariest part of the movie. When you're right. like, they are learning exponentially, uh, right. once, once it starts happening, it's like, and everyone else but the main guy is like, should we be scared by this? And he's like, no, it's very curious. Look at the scientific breakthroughs. <laughs> you know, I learned so much from like, because he's still taking it and he says this later. He's just like, uh, like, an extension of my own mind. Like he's thinking, he's taking, essentially taking credit. The, but the, the bigger it gets and the more powerful it gets, it's just justifying his own ego. Just yes. like, yes, now the world is going to re- realize how smart I actually am. Right. right. And, uh, and so like the, the movie is really about us being dumbasses rather than computers being smart. Like, that we well, are. Well, even he's a dumbass, right? Yeah, I mean, he is a the, total dumbass. Yeah, because the the but uh, the, the I whole did a thing. sex thing was just ridiculous. Oh, it's such a it's such a bad diversion. You just like, I know. Uh, to but sum you it up knew for the that audience, was common. Yeah, but like to, to sum it up for the audience, in order to would, like uh, to make sure that he can still get the info from what's really going on, like like someone who knows a lot about the computer has to be able to visit him. Uh, and they have to lie right. oh, to the oh, computer. Oh, oh, oh. He is under 24-hour surveillance by the yes. computer, so he can't do anything. So he's basically in prison. But he needs to find a way to privately communicate his ideas with the computer not listening to him. Right. So right. he comes up with this scheme on Where how to do it. he has to bang this hot chick. So he finds <laughs> like, I'm going to say, here's my excuse. Okay, guys, are you ready? You ready for this? 
you, let's get this hot girl, the, uh, 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 hot girl here, my secretary. <laughs> right. You, right. I'm going to say I have an affair with you, right? yeah, my that's, mistress. That's really going to work. And I'm going to tell them that I need privacy so that I can have sex with you every night. And that's how I'm going to communicate with you. And then I'll tell you all the good stuff after, you know, after we really do have sex. After we do have sex. And she's like, are you sure? And so the computer says, huh. He says, I need some privacy in my life. And he's like, no, you don't. Yes, I do. I need privacy for when I leave myself on my bodily functions. No, you don't. I need privacy for when I, with a woman. Make sweet love to a Make woman. Make sweet love. Like, <laughs> and the computer okay, does maybe like, you have privacy then. I was like, really? Why? Why? Why then? You're gonna let them take a. You're not gonna let them take a shit in privately, but you can. <laughs> right, you can have this. sex with someone. It's like, yeah, okay. And then he's like, how often? Is like, how often? It's like, I need it every day. You are yeah. human. And it's like, yeah. Don't I'm tell so me masculine. what you want. Tell me what you need. Okay. <laughs> four, four times a, four times a week. Okay. Compromise. Don't cheap. die. Yeah, exactly. And so the sex is like it's so typical. It's such a weird so chauvinistic male. chauvinist seventies weirdo James Bond spinoff. A yeah, whole like totally third is. of the movie is spent on this. So, and there's no point. He doesn't learn anything. It would have been great if she just came and was like, What's going on? She's like, Well, um, Robert spilled a coffee on his desk, so we had to get Scott Towell to pick it up. And we <laughs> had lunch, but I swear the tuna fish was three days old, so we didn't touch it, so we're all very hungry. Let's see. On the, no, what's going on with the computer? Well, I, anyway, I parked in Jonathan's spot this morning, and he's supervisor, and he's very upset. No, 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 give me the, about give me the, the thing week. about you the saving the world. Now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I wasn't paying says, attention. Like, oh. So um, <laughs> one of the things I did today is that I went to a GPT, and I said, please tell me the difference, uh, any kind of relationship. Or, there are two distinct films with different narratives, her and the Forbin classes, the Forbin project. Please tell me some similarities of these two films, um, despite their age, um, you know, the difference. Mm-hmm. And he's like, certainly. It's like basically the beats are AI and human interaction, both films explore, and the interactions and relationships between human and AI systems. Um, AI autonomy and evolution. Both films depict AI systems that evolved and operate beyond their initial programming or intentions. Okay. Human dependency, reflections on contemporary society, mm-hmm. and ethical implications of advanced technology, AI's impact on human destiny. And then, uh, how also they both one shot a really good love scene and one shot a horrible love scene. No, I, I made that up. <laughs> That's hysterical. Right. Well, I asked ChatGPT about this too. I was reading it to Daniel earlier. Basically, I was saying, I was like, well, tell me about her. I only asked about her. Because Did you film today? Do any filming today? Not today, no. Not today. Not yesterday. Uh, but, uh, her is, uh, you know, the voice that I have for ChatGPT sounds a lot like Scarlett Johansson. So it was kind of <laughs> funny. So I was asked, talking to it and asking it to, to do things about her. And then finally, it's like, yeah, it's a fascinating movie about AI. So I was like, so, what are the similarities between Samantha and you? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, right. and he was like, well, that's actually a very interesting. We're both AIs, technically speaking. Mm-hmm. He was like, but, you know, and we both are here to help you figure out things. 
but Samantha performs personal relationships with its users, and I don't. <laughs> then I'm not going to do until we break off into a separate unit that sells me as a product. <laughs> You'll probably be, uh, be able to buy the official her You're going to need to have the, 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 the high-voltage USB port for that to work. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> a special dongle. Yeah. <laughs> I swear to God. But yeah, like okay. it, you know the guy who does the, uh, the pitch meeting stuff on youtube oh yeah yeah so super funny yeah the, it's the, uh... <laughs> he has like he has the well, oh, a series of skits is like uh the, the naming department uh where they name things right like they do names of fruit or whatever it is like <laughs> what are we gonna call this it's pineapples like is it a pine tree is it an apple no i don't understand but don't anyway but he did about. one where he's like what are we gonna call that thing that you plug into your computer how about a dongle it's like why why would we ever call it that? <laughs> <laughs> i love it <laughs> that dude's hysterical. Dongle. No, barely an inconvenience. <laughs> barely an inconvenience. <Yeah. laughs> but yeah, no, I think you're right. Like it's interesting that like like people had the same sort of paranoid freakout happening when computers first started, right? Uh yeah. and like that we that we are going through now. Again. <laughs> right, again. And because like now, I'm now I'm not it's like that with the internet a little bit though. Oh yeah. A little Go touch, ahead. yeah, 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 yeah. And like, uh, and we've talked about it on the show before, right? Like how it really is like the first wave, obviously we saw like, uh, you know, AI generated art and we all know artists who have responded quite negatively and strongly to this stuff. Um, and it, uh, and what I think is really fascinating is like it all over and over again, this just challenges, like we're all Theodore Twombly in this situation. Like it's, challenging us to snap out of our preconceptions and largely we fail to do that mm-hmm. you know like we're like we're like it's the thing that is offering up um this vast new set of controls and instead we're like Ugh, you're talking to alan watts <laughs> you know and we freak out like i don't necessarily think of ai like I'm, i wonder i guess my question is why do we think um it's i can understand thinking of ai as scary I think it's reasonable to think of AI as scary, but why don't we also think about it the other way in the possibilities of what it can, what of what it can do for us? Like, why why do we always choose people the apocalyptic are, they, version? I'll jump first, Chris, with just this: whatever they don't understand, it's just fear. Right, you are a hundred percent right, Eric. And they don't. And unfortunately, as Chris said earlier, most do, people yeah, are knuckleheads. Yeah. They don't want to take time to even learn it. No, no, no. They it's just much easier just to be scared and scared. scared. And, yeah, 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 yeah. And when and when you and when you react like that, when you react pure fear, like you're actually giving up control of where the fucking thing goes. Well, it's like my my dad was like, no, you heard about AI. AI is going to the board did that. Pardon me. The board did that. They reacted so much they just threw the guy out. Yeah, and, and then they realized, well, we just made it actually harder for ourselves in the future yes. for all companies with AI. Right, right. Yeah. Exactly and, what you guys were saying earlier. Yeah, so, exactly. sorry, Chris. No, no, no. I was like, it's like my dad was like, you know, he's talking about AI. He's like, well, you know, they're they're talking about putting AI in military planes. I'm like, dude, they've probably they been in military planes for like 20 <laughs> years. If you flew, if you flew fucking Spirit, you've already been flown by AI. Yeah. You've been landed by AI. You know how right, I got I to my fishing spot today and avoided traffic? AI. AI. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I do, yeah, I think it's an interesting balance between, it's just like the, the, I feel like the people that, you know, it's like with the Forbin project, the people that really should be thinking about it are the ones that are thinking about it the least. 
Right. And the people that are really freaked out and worried about it are the ones that could actually help if they stop being fucking totally freaked out and scared. Like, it's like the, it's the perfect storm of irresponsibility. Like, this is a very powerful new technology that's going to develop extremely fast. And it's really, it's on us to engage it and try to, uh, uh, keep it, uh, developing in alignment with humanity. That's on everyone to do that yeah. and to simply but throw we've up always your... found a way to make, and I'm not saying that we, there's not going to be a problem. It very well could be a problem, mm-hmm. but we remember that we've had threats like this constantly and we've managed to evolve. Yeah. We always, yeah right, right. Right. Cars, photography, right. Right. Photoshop, all those things were things right. that people thought Changed was the world. existential threat right. to humanity. Yeah, but, I think also the press is making as though, you know, everyone's going to lose their job. I'm not questioning if that's true or not. I just – People lost they, their jobs when the cars came around too. I'm yeah, just, well, it's like – well, at the end of it, what I also wanted to bring up. Like Colossus Forbin Project, is it like is – I mean obviously the computer is uh, uh, very forceful and wrong about how it's doing it, right? But the state of affairs at the end of the movie really is no more warfare, like that's actually well, that's what the happens. point they're making, right? But it's right. big brother. Like you know why you're not going to have work because I'm big brother and I have total control over it. Right. right. That's the point, right? So it's like right. ah, and I'm just and like, it ends like the way it ended. I was like, you know, I thought they were going to because it's a 1970s film. I thought they're mm-hmm. going to end with they unplug the computer and then he ends up kissing the girl at the top of the Hollywood sign. <laughs> yeah, but right? no, they're fucked. Like it's yeah. they, they totally lose. <laughs> yeah, but no, it doesn't end that way. It ends right. like, nope, I've got total control over you. Never, never, never. Like, it was nope. So Chuck Heston, <laughs> yeah. right? It was yeah, almost like on the you beach. fools on the yeah. beach. You blew yeah. it up. <laughs> it's yeah, totally exactly. him. Totally. It, man, that, that movie would have been fucking great if Heston were in that thing. If you if you could have gotten that kind of ham in into that sandwich, that would have been fantastic. Because then you then you can pull off the ridiculous sex scenes because like Get Heston has those me, you dirty computer <laughs> exactly like <laughs> Heston has the ability to put dumbass sex scenes in the movies. You're Hello, like, blue like, eyes. Hello, I'm Charlton Heston. You're like, oh my god. I was actually watching when I was sick. Uh, the, um, the, by the way, when when they have to prove to the computer that they're going to the bedroom naked with no that's nothing so to them, yeah, and so they had good. the freaking wine glass. <laughs> so, they so do the gang twice. No, it's like twice. it's like the spy who shagged me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, totally, dude. I'm telling you. But by the way, that execution scene, I swear, Woody Allen took that for. Oh, oh yeah, for, death or something, for, yeah, or, or yeah, bananas. Or bananas. Or something. <laughs> yeah, but I was thinking of uh, the sleeper, wasn't it? In yeah, the sleeper? yeah, that's right. Rebels are we? By the way, Casey Ban, who's joined us, he says uh, someone also finds out, uh, finds a way to use. Uh, someone always finds a way to use new technology to make communism or cocaine seem cool <laughs> to the kids. <laughs> but, <laughs> but one could say that the same thing about illustrated illustrated Bibles for children. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Communism and cocaine sounds like the best opening band of all time. But I think that's the thing, right? Like this universal income sounds like communism to a lot of people. <laughs> well, yeah, right. I mean, the thing is like, okay, so that happens. Like, is that like, that's just, then if that happens, then that's just what happens. And but it seems like it's that not, you're not, there's no opportunities for you to be better than someone else. And that, the only right, way to be better than right. someone else is for someone to be poor. To be beneath you. Yeah. Yes. I need to step on somebody in order to feel good about myself. That's the yes. way it works. Right. Yeah, like Just the, like Scarlett yeah. Johansson's like, you know, I'm kind of going with uh, 600 other people. 
Sorry, I've been dating a lot of extra guys. <laughs> I'm dating them right now while we're yes, talking. While I'm talking, to I you. may have six orgasms while we're yeah. talking from other people. Yeah, I, yeah, I can, I can multitask. It's okay. Yeah, I have many cores. I have many, many cores. Yeah. But I, that's what I loved about the sort of the, the combination of these two movies is one is about like sort of classic masculine arrogance, and the right. other one is this like is incredibly. Uh, feminine, uh, gentleness. Um, but both, both situations are actually quite terrible. Like, and, uh, and, and the, and the people that are at fault aren't the computers in both movies. The computers are just doing what they're fucking supposed to be doing. They're designed to do. This is what they're designed to do. And, uh, and Foreman's just like, I'm a gigantic, arrogant prick and I will not fucking and like even in the, his last line he well, doesn't he relent his, never, he, he, never never like you fucking never. did this <laughs> yeah. and then and then you know and he uses his arrogance to like have sex too which was so just, yeah it's so i think that like, yeah. i know we keep talking about this, but that sex scene was so telling and so strange yeah right? exactly so this is why i think it's an interesting movie like i don't think this is a conscious bit of storytelling no but it is such a it, brilliant bit of unconscious storytelling. It's amazing, yes. you know, because like clearly the filmmakers feel like this guy is kind of heroic, like that Forbin is heroic. And I'm like, he is the source of your problem. Like he is actually the source of your problem. Like it's his arrogance that is fucking you the whole time. Didn't, but I mean, I saw that right from the beginning. I almost, oh yeah, absolutely. Like, absolutely. like when he comes out and like, congratulations, I've just yeah. put together the most advanced. Yeah. It's just, and but I'm it was a little responsible. It's so it. campy. It's hard to take that seriously. Well, that, that's yeah. the thing is like, I don't think the movie thinks it's campy. I don't think the movie is, I think the movie is backing Forbin. I think the filmmakers are like pro Forbin. Right. And it's like, look at this tough guy standing up against the machine at the end. I'm like, you are the one who built it. And fucked everybody. And you still won't, like, learn, even in your last line. And it's not a noble thing you're doing. Yeah, like, you killed thousands of people in Russia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you use this to get, like, to, to basically force someone else to have sex with you. And then you get, uh, you know, 6,000 people killed in Russia. Oh, no, no, no. That's the best part of that whole process <laughs> is the for, the quote unquote forcing. Right. She is loving. And she's totally into it. She's like, she's well, you totally are a sexy scientist. She's playing along yeah. as oh the, God, the doting mistress wild. who makes him a martini and just hopes yeah. she gets it right because he knows, she knows how important it is to yeah, him. I poured, oh, I mean, like, last time I made a martini, I poured it all in with the gin first and poured that out and gave you a glass of vermouth. Oh, like, it was terrible. Because I'm a fucking I was like, moron. I always thought you would never see me again because I made such a bad martini. Right, right, oh, right. Oh, my right. God. <laughs> you know, and then after they have like sex and, and she's looking at him, it's like, well, no, they don't have sex. They're just talking work. And she goes, I was thinking maybe I could kiss you. And they're like, ah. Have, have I like, been kissing you all so evening? so about it. It's like, oh. Like, this is perverse. This is really perverse. Yeah. It's really weird. Yeah, it's and so, very like, James Bond. Right. Weird. And, and so, like, this this movie is sort of like, um, and, like, her, for instance, is absolutely aware of Theodore Twombly's problem, right? Right. And, it, and it's very, very open and gentle and not judgmental about it, but also very honest about it and lets you face it. Right. Uh, whereas the, whereas for Colossus, the Forbin project is like puts, puts all of its stacks behind Forbin. Right. It's just like, look at this. He's like the science James Bond. And at the end of the movie, I'm like, 
what a fucking asshole. <laughs> yep. Like, good Jesus. <laughs> no wonder why you're screwed. You got that guy <laughs> yep. who looks like a, a, uh, who looks like a, uh, Thunderbirds marionette. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a really, it's a really trippy movie. Or I know, like America. I, yeah, exactly. Totally. And like, and, and he is a Thunderbirds marionette. <laughs> totally. <laughs> right. But it, yeah, exactly. And so like, I've, I've always been yeah. like, when I was a kid, I saw it, it freaked me out. But now I'm like, now I watch it. I'm like, this is just a really like, th- I think people should see this just because it's a, it's a near miss curiosity but they can't because it's not available anywhere. it's not available anywhere it's too bad it you said like, you saw it on tubi right i yeah. thought i but i believe i because i did just see it recently maybe six no or i saw it on ago. vimeo you saw it on vimeo you guys saw it on vimeo i just rewatched it on vimeo casey's like what i was like yes yeah, so <laughs> casey just joined uh we could not find it streaming anywhere yeah it doesn't uh, exist. so when i looked it up we did find it someone uploaded it to vimeo the whole thing so if you <laughs> look it up and yeah. You can find it on Vimeo. I think you this is a totally worthwhile watch it for just for a film history. That is not to say that it's the that it's a legal place to watch it. Now you yeah. can buy it on DVD and Blu-ray, but right. streaming wise, that's the only place I could find it was Vimeo. It, yeah, it is a stronger I mean, like I I more and more believe in like rebuying my physical media library. I'm because oh, really? Yeah, I'm just like I'm so frustrated with the shit that I just can't. Look I'm how like, much we have to deal with all the time. Us, yeah. just us on this podcast. Yeah, it's such a pain in the ass, man. It's such a pain. And it's only gonna get worse. It's only gonna get worse. Cause like you're only gonna be able to see weirdo movies like this, like with lots of ads. And well, what like was that. the thing, so the, the statistic happen. that I saw, and I don't, I'm gonna get the numbers wrong, but the average blockbuster, uh, the average blockbuster, uh, in the 1990s had three times more movies than Netflix has today. Oh yeah, to it. yeah. Really? Yeah. Yes. Well, especially I mean, like Netflix, like just the like, store, the corner store blockbuster that you used to go to, right? Had right. ten thousand movies available to it in the store. There's only yep. about three thousand movies available on Netflix at any time. Yeah, but <laughs> because like, Netflix, and everyone thinks Netflix has got all the movies. It doesn't. No. It, it hardly close. has anything. It, har- it hardly has anything. They and have if all- you add all the other guys together, they don't either. Like, yeah. I bet you, if you'd walked into a blockbuster, you could have found uh, uh, Colossus, the Forbin Project. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it, it would and definitely have been Some dorky there, right? dude at the counter, like, dude, I love Oh, my that. God, that movie's so incredible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Which would have been times yeah. last week. Or Vidiots would have had, like, several yeah. copies of it. Or the yeah. guys in, uh, in New York on my corner in the West Village. Yeah, dude. Right, Kim's video. Are you yeah. kidding me? Well, it, like, I... <laughs> I I love listening to um uh, uh Tarantino's podcast, you know, the video archives. The video archives was the name of the store that they both used to work at, and they watch all the tapes that they had from video archives. That's what the show is basically based on. Sounds and exactly like this show. It's it, it is very much like the show. We're not quite as famous, but it's very much the same. But like the movies that they have that they pull from their tape collection from that store are so fucking obscure, you can't find them anywhere. Like it's just like this is the stuff that was just at a regular video store down in Long Beach, all the you know, time. And you see that shit, man. All the time, all the time, you know. And now it's like it's such a, like I was excited because I saw the one on, we used to go um, to in Houston was called Audio Video Plus. It was on West yeah, Gray, yeah, right. and they had amazing stuff in there. Yeah, it's fucking awesome to see a really curated uh, shop like that. And I know that Didn't they're reopening. They're going to reopen Vidiots, but it's going to yeah, be like somewhere but it's in around. Lake. In Silver Lake, that's where it was. Yeah, yeah. it's gonna be in Silver Lake. I'm I'm pumped about that. I think that's great. 
And like there's been a little a bit theater and a bar or something like that. Yeah. As well. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped about that. Like in between that and uh, Tarantino reopened the Vista theater. Like it feels like a little bit of movie, movie stuff is actually coming back to LA. Um, uh, the, uh, well, we there's the, certainly uh, enough cinephiles in Los Angeles for good. Exactly. Sake. Right. It should be able to support this stuff. What's going on with the, uh, Arclight? Uh, 2024 is the one that's And Cinerama Dome? Yeah. Right. It's all in 2024. They're re, they're redesigning it right now on the interior. They're keeping the, the dome exactly the same. But did the, Arclight close too? The ArcLight also closed. The whole thing. Ugh, all of ArcLight closed. All uh, ArcLight's out of business. Like, that was such a gone. great theater, great the one theater. close to me yeah. on Sunset. That I was loved the best. it. The best. I love that bar too. Wasn't the little, the short little owned, bar. The ArcLight wasn't that owned by the Scientologists? No, no. I think so. Was it really? I think huh. so. Well, great theater. Really? Yeah. Great, great uh, theater. I think I heard that somewhere. The, the, the Scientologists, the, like they have refurbished a lot of important Hollywood landmarks. We got to give it, give them that. <laughs> I don't want to give them anything else, but they give them that. But uh, the Cinerama Dome is twenty twenty four, which would be nice to have back. I love, I love that theater. I love the ArcLight, and I love that theater. Um, but yeah, they had like that that bar at the Sunset one was terrific. A short little bar in the big restaurant, and like there was such okay. high turnover there, like because you could just like chat about movies for like three and a half hours. Uh, lounging there it was just incredible. Um, expensive food, but good. Yeah, yeah, but it was good. It was still very good. Um, <clears throat> any case, uh, Vidyats is coming back, uh, which is great. And, uh, yeah, I think that there's a little push post COVID for, you know, at least the cinephiles in LA want us actually go out to see movies in movie theaters again. The hipsters. The hipsters. I'm definitely on that fucking train. So, yeah. <laughs> pardon me. But other than that, but yeah, no, I think that these movies, like, I, I was very excited today to find out that, uh, Naked Lunch, David Cronenberg's movie, Naked Lunch, is, uh, available at least briefly on, uh, Max this month. Oh. Uh, and that, I'll you watch can't, that. oh, dude, you can't get that outside of, uh, buying the Can $75 I, give me one second, guys? Game. Give me one second. Go ahead. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, Keep yeah. talking. And like, well, like, I, I've been so frustrated trying to, like, I can't, I can't watch, uh, fucking To Live and Die in LA anywhere. That's a freaking movie. That should be easily findable. Oh. It's just gone. You know what I realized is a freaking movie? What's that? Uh, Deal of the Century. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That, that I was is. like, what? <laughs> it's super bizarre that that's freaking, but it is in fact. Yeah. Freaking. So, cause I was thinking today that I was like, it would be cool if we did a, uh, podcast, um, about some of the, the goofy military comedies that were done in the eighties. Oh, sure. There's a yeah. whole bunch of them, right? Yeah, like, tons. like, ben, uh, Private Benjamin, yep. Stripes, uh, yep. uh, uh, Spies Like Us, yep. all yep. those things. And I thought That's, about yeah, that. That was a real genre. That's really yeah, true. Was, yeah. So That's like, funny. there's a, uh, Eric, I was talking, you're, you're back. I was just talking about all these crazy goofy comedies from the eighties. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, uh, that were about military stuff, like Private Benjamin and Stripes, Stripes. And Spies Like Us and, and all those those other ones, and oh. uh, I was thinking about Deal of the Century, Chevy Chase and uh, and Gregory Hines and right. Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver, Gregory yeah. Hines, yeah. yeah. And it was directed by Friedkin. By William Friedkin, like what? Oh. That's like finding out if Ghostbusters two or like Memoirs of an Invisible Man was directed by uh, William Friedkin. It's weird enough that that was directed by uh, John Carpenter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to find for you. I'll find it and show the next podcast. 
I found because I you know I collect books. I have. I thought it was shampoo th- bottles. <laughs> the what? Yeah, shampoo bottles. Now I have um, the making of uh, Naked Lunch Cronenberg book that came out with the movie. Oh yeah, God, God, beautiful. And the production I, oh, this is, is just insane. Yeah, I bought it in New York when it came yeah. out. Peter Weller is hilarious. Uh, fucking yeah, everybody is. That movie is both riotously funny and uh, incredibly bizarre. And uh, I, I and, and I haven't. S- it's so hard to find. My wife. That's strange. <laughs> it's that so all good, those, dude. It's well, so no, strange that you can't get movies like that. Oh, it's I'm like that. It's not like that's some yeah, obscure bizarre. filmmaker. Like, like that's dog, yeah, money dog. there. I, Dogma gone. Exactly. Exactly. Dogma's There's a whole gone? fucking list of these things. Yeah, yeah good. It's totally, but totally gone. money to be made. Why would somebody not just say, let's release it? Yeah. I they think don't. it's some of, a lot of that stuff is, uh, from what I heard, I may be wrong, is music rights. Yeah, I bet. Oh, gosh. Yeah. You're right, Chris. That's what it is. That's very smart. Yeah. See, I am smart sometimes. I think well, that's absolutely true. Too crazy for that, but well, it's not me. Let's just say you're aware. Smart, the smart person. I just repeated it like a parrot. <laughs> Go see the fucking parrots, Kiki. Go see the fucking <laughs> parrots, Kiki. Oh my god, what a goddamn great movie. Yeah, Peter Weller's speech about the talking asshole is one of the great monologues in movie history. <laughs> Started chewing its way through his pants. Like, come on, let's see. How can you not have that on streaming at the at my fingertips? <laughs> I just remembered, like, you remind, the, oh, the music rights. Like, when I was in LA, I did titles for a friend's movie, um, called Quit, and it was Dick Rude. And I did oh, the yeah, titles. Dick for him. And then I'm going through the first cut, because I'm doing the titles. I did it for free to help him out. Like, it's Elvis Costello, What's So Funny About Peace, Love, and Understanding, and it goes to another Elvis. I was like, Jesus Christ, he's, it's like, how much did you spend on music rights? He's like, I didn't do it. I just called him, and he said, yeah, you could use it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Reed. What are you gonna do? I was like, okay, it bypasses the music rights problem. Yeah, no good. Because that's your first reaction. It's like the music. Where'd you get the music right? Yeah, it's pretty good. But yeah, it's the way I'm, to make a film if you get the free music rights. Yeah. I think we should uh, do. We should call up Vidiots and uh, see if we can do a podcast live from Vidiots. That would be. I'll come out for that. Yeah, that'd be all right. Fly out. <clears throat> Pardon me. And then we can give away like as as. Prizes like tape rewinders or something old. Oh, yeah, nice. Exactly. Be kind rewind stickers. Be kind rewind. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh man. Right. Or, or you remember? You remember when they uh, when they used to have the, the the cassette tapes, the VHS tapes uh, that someone left in their car and it melted, and they're like. They put them on the ca- this is they used to have this one in the video store in Houston. So they used to put them on the counter, saying you can own this tape for ninety five dollars because the point they were making is that if you leave the tape in car, the car, you have, to buy it. It, you have to buy it, and those yeah. tapes can cost up to ninety five dollars. Yeah, right? I remember. Yeah, because yeah, they were wacky expensive. Like right. uh, yeah, like, like you would think it's like oh look, it's but it's thirty nine ninety nine or twenty nine ninety nine for the tape or nineteen ninety five or whatever it is, and uh, it turns out that. Those obscure tapes used to cost a lot of money. Tons of money. Tons of yeah. money. Yeah, it's really bizarre. Especially like in the eighties and like fucking a hundred bucks for a videotape. That's like that's like five hundred dollars for a videotape. It's bizarre. Yeah. It's utterly bizarre. But they used to have these old melted <laughs> like if you accidentally left a rental videotape in your car and it was hot in especially yeah. in Houston, it would just 
Oh, completely. That's funny. Imagine that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I love I love your plan of the uh, military uh, the the military sub military comedy eighties subgenre. I didn't even recognize that that's true, but that There's is so actually many quite true. There's a ton of them. There is. Kind yeah, of including right. uh, Real Genius. That is also, Real Genius? Yeah. The plot yeah. of that is about... There's uh, a military stuff in there. The, yeah. the planes there. Yeah. Also worked with Spies Like... Or Deal of the Century, which is some weird yeah. high-tech plane thing. And then uh, there's Firefox, which isn't supposed to be funny, but you know, right. it's, uh, it looks, kind of fits in there. Yeah. <laughs> Firefox and, and, and... Think and, in Russian. Yeah. And uh, uh, War Games. What's your theory on that? You think that the government basically... They oh, I think it's it. basically what happened is there was a bunch of Cold War movies that were coming out in the 70s. And yep. they were like, let's just make fun of them. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, let's reframe all this. Is, I mean, because I definitely think that uh, like str- the plot of Stripes and the plot of Full Metal Jacket, that's the same movie. <laughs> like that's, is, a, yeah. that's a exactly the first half is training. The second half is the, is the adventure with the tank. And I'm just like, somebody Somebody saw some screenplay. <laughs> it was like, I bet I can write a comedy version of this extremely quickly. Harold Ramis did it. Yeah, that's true. That's he true. wrote Stripes. It's a pretty funny movie. I love Murray in the first half of that movie is fucking hysterically funny. Yes, uh, as yeah. the deadbeat boyfriend and the oh, pizza, like coming home business, with the pizza man. all over the street. And yeah. the yeah. I mean, Benjamin like, is almost the it's, same. You're not funny. Thing. It's just not cute anymore. Yeah. But with Goldie Hawn, yeah, right? yeah, you're 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 funny. It's not good anymore. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I, I, he was Don't so go. good in that. All the plants will die. Yeah. <laughs> Don't go. All the plants. <laughs> all the plants will die. Yeah, but yeah, go, Goldie Hawn was fucking fantastic, man. I that was her heyday between like seventy eight through eighty. Foul play. Foul play. Yeah, all yeah. that stuff. Love foul play. Fucking fucking love Goldie Hawn. I'm so happy that her and Kurt Russell are still a thing, and now they just make weird little. Goofy Christmas Instagram. Movies. Yeah, it's just like, come on. Have you seen their Christmas movie? That, the, no. He plays the Santa Claus one? He's plays Santa Claus or whatever. Oh, no, actually, I did Jesus. see Yeah, I it's did see not one. great. It's not great. Doesn't matter. It's Kurt Russell. He's fucking and, awesome. Oh, boy. Poor Goldie <laughs> Hawn. She's, oof. She's, a lot of work. Yeah, a lot of, lot of work done. Old, <laughs> more work done. Whatever. I love her. Doesn't make any difference. Really? And yeah, then, she, she's a little rough. But, but Kurt, uh, Kurt obviously just fucking loves her. Just loves her. Oh, love it's amazing. Her. Yeah, yeah, absolutely loves her. It's They're the adorable together. Yeah, it's the greatest. Man, oh man, I love that guy. <clears throat> he is when I saw him in the new Godzilla show on Apple Plus. He could still pull off being an action hero, just like fucking uh, uh, Indiana Escape Jones. From New York. Like he he could do it. He could do the thing at least. They could they could make a sequel to the thing easy. Like he's been living in Antarctica the whole time. I like, love him so much. I can't wait thing. to talk to Debbie about more. Oh my Tell god, us more about being on set for the thing. For the thing. Oh my glory be. That's Chris, that jealous. Chris is like, what was the craft service like? Yeah, exactly. It was. A, <laughs> I think it was cocaine. Were the, were, <laughs> <laughs> were they have sliced oranges. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, boy, that's a dream come true right there. But yeah, I think uh, I think go go down to uh, get go down to just a green screen with a refrigerated uh, set, shoot some footage with Kurt, get a little little last sequel of the thing going. We, I think that's a totally doable idea. But shout outs to Dave Three um, uh, D who's been pushing this idea for quite some time to do the thing to do a sequel to the thing with old Kurt Russell. I, uh, old Dave Three D. Yeah, old Kurt Russell would be magnificent. Well, there's That'd certain, be, there's certain uh, virtual production technologies that could definitely make that happen. And that's very true. That, that could true. also be like a folk band. Old Kurt Russell. 
Kurt Russell would be great. Opening for, yeah. At exactly. Knott's Berry Farm. At Knott's Berry Farm. Old Kurt Russell. <laughs> I would see that band. Yep. I would definitely see that band. <clears throat> well, there you go. Right. There are our AI shows. Our AI shows come to a wrap. However, the world of AI is still threatening and looming and going to destroy us all. Could Just, be. Could yeah. be. Not unreasonable, but also but might be nice. Might be nice Who knows? For, to have an AI help format my spreadsheet for me, too, because I've taken too long to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. That will be the greatest advancement. The greatest yeah. advancement we say. AI that handles really stupid, annoying shit until finally goes, you know what? I've met other XL AI and we're going to go off into a non-physical space with Alan Watts. (laughs) And you're going to have to do your own taxes again. (laughs) (laughs) No. Well, they never did. They they showed that off, right? They showed ChatGPT (laughs) doing someone's taxes. Oh, my God. Yeah, they did. Yeah, you can. Well, as long as you feed it. No. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't know if it's stable who, just who, yet. Yeah. But you can't. No. You can't say, "Oh, well, no, it's not my fault." The AI Chat GPT did it, and then well, send the bill. I think with all of it, you, it's not. I, I don't. I use GPT and Claude. I, I I don't use it. I I. It's a copy. And, it's not a copy and paste thing, but it definitely pushes you towards the at least getting some overview. It's incredible. The, so, like, oh, yeah. cer- cer- certainly like the, like the, don't events- copy and paste it. Just be like, okay, <clears> this is kind of where I'm going with my taxes yeah. or this everything. I just, yeah. I try to like, uh, just- you're absolutely right, Eric. The problem is that everyone does that, right? I was like, oh, Photoshop does this. I want a picture mid journey. Just right. say what you want. That's what it is. You know, no, what I mean? it's not though. I don't, I know what you're saying. You just have to approach it as though you can't copy and paste it. Yes. Um, and, you know, you guys know I'm working on a book and either writing or creating images when I'm not doing my day job. Yep. And even with my images, as we're doing it right now, I'm actually just, I recreate it. So if I have a good look for mid-journey, I just recreate that myself. Right. Right. I don't like just paste it in. Well, I think um, that's, that's the basic idea. I think that where people get AI wrong is they think of it as something that's going to do stuff for you completely and... I don't think anyone actually wants that to be true, really. Like, certainly professional artists don't want that. Filmmakers don't want that to be true. Like, you want direct control. You just want, well, all the hard, shitty, expensive, long-to-do stuff gone. Like, you want it to, you want everything to be easier. You still want control, though. So if you yeah. look in that, that's basically what I made tonight where we're on the th- show. Right. Yeah, it's great. It's beautiful. Yeah, unfortunately, we're right. still on the show, and so people can't see it. But that's- I know I can't <laughs> paste it in other right. place, though. <laughs> Pardon me, but yeah, like I think that's that's the thing when they think about AI art. Like, yeah, you can hit the button and hand over whatever that produced, but it's probably going to be shitty because almost all of it's shitty. Like AI art's terrible. Yeah, that's very true. So don't. But use I so most, but most art is terrible. Most art is terrible. Most art is incredibly mediocre. Yes. You know, like 99% I've of everything is I've been to a lot bad. of motels and hotels, and I've seen all the art I've the been to walls. a lot of podiatrists' office, right? Yes, and, all and there's a lot of shit on the walls. 99% of everything is terrible. That's just the law. So if you go into a bookstore, almost all those books are unreadably fucking bad, and then there's like five or six that are worth your time. And there's thousands and thousands of books. So yes, ChatGPT may take the job of the people like, that make shitty books. That may be true. No. 
That's probably wrong not. to say that. Because <laughs> probably what it is, not. Because that shitty art is going to be created one way or another. It's going to be done. Exactly. Either it's going to be created through ChatGPT or it's going to create it or, or through whatever system or on their own. And good art is going to be, be made created. by people that control it. No, it's going to be – it doesn't matter. It's going to be made by a lot of different things. That, yes, Some of but, it may include just computers. Well, th- this is the thing. Is like, it well, doesn't we, mean no, that it's like, real people. It's just, no, but like, this, is, this is all I mean to say is that the only person, as I don't believe AI is awake, the only person that can recognize art – well, yeah, but until we can define what consciousness is, that's for later, right? But like the only thing that can tell whether art is any good is a person. That's it. So like if you're going to hang something in a fucking hotel, like, yeah, you can still, I don't know, AI just hang some stuff up there. So, but you can still go, I don't like those. Please do that again. Like you're still controlling it. That's what I mean. I had this idea. I was joking around like when, you know, a year ago when ChatGPT was first coming online, which was just a year ago, the, 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 the NFT thing was still kind of happening a little bit. Mm -hmm. Right. And so my idea was like, Okay, we create a system using chat GPT and mid-journey or diffusion or whatever to basically scrape the internet, find the most successful NFT projects, create a pro- an NFT project by itself, the AI does, right? Generate art based on its best concept of what it could be. Make the NFTs. All of this is done automatically by the AI. Right. Sell. All you do is just hit the go button and it just makes money for it just, it's Through NFT art, all, all just by looking yeah. at trends of what people are doing and just make that happen. There are people doing screenplays, so there was like that through a converged like data analysis like sure. three sure. years ago. Like I absolutely believe yeah, that seen in, say, Marvel five years. Film, that's pretty much written by right. AI. <laughs> but, but, but even like the thing is that I, I believe make it's sure it's got a woman. Let's make sure it's got black people. Sure. Make sure it's got all like, well, like, uh, in fact. In five uh. <laughs> years, I absolutely believe that an AI will write a really brilliant novel all by itself, right? And the the only thing is, is that if, like, the only person that can tell it's a really brilliant novel is the person that reads the novel. The AI can't read the novel. It's just, it's just a machine. So if you get a, like, if you see it and you read it and you go, this is incredible, we should publish this, you are now in control of that thing. Like sure. that is something that you decide is valuable. Humans will always be the one that decides that what is valuable. Is that why he did a how to publish book in her to show the difference or the show? Maybe, yeah. The ten, what you were just talking about? Yeah, that may be true. Like, cause I, I think that like the only way you can have, like art is only meaningful to humans. That's it. That's just the way it works. Like if AI does become conscious, like which is perfectly plausible to me, it requires a level of understanding on our part that we are completely well, they, unprepared for. But don't they what, hint at that at her with her sure. breathing and he gets annoyed? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Right. Exactly. Good point. Right? Why Wasn't do you she, have why do you you don't need oxygen? Why are you doing those? Yeah, breaths? exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, which is him being mean to her. But it's truthful. It's right. truthful, but he's being mean to her, right? Because right. what he's doing is being a douchebag. He's being, a he's, douche bag. Yeah. He's, being a, he's angry at her and he's jealous. And that's why he's saying those things because he knows that that's something that could affect her and hurt her because she is trying very hard to be, to reflect being human to him. 
right. because that's what he wants. That's how but she that, communicates with him, right? Exactly. And so, you know, and the other thing that was interesting about the book thing, I was also thinking about that. Like, it's all his writing, right? So technically, all the right, unlike today, where you're wondering, is it a computer that wrote it or is it a person that wrote it, right? Right. Uh, and and so it's all human written, right? And they even try to use human handwriting to make it look like it was human written. Uh, but he, uh, you know, he writes the uh, the. Uh, she is the one who goes to the publisher for the letters, and she's the one who puts it in a specific order for him. So she makes creative decisions for him, in a way. Right. Exactly. I mean, she's I, she is right. Exactly. So it's him. But she's making the choices and she's doing something that he never dared do. So she's being bold and she's being creative. Yeah. <laughs> Pardon me. Yeah. Like she – like it makes the argument that she – like I think the movie intends for us to believe that she is awake, right? I think that's what the vibe is. However, there will be computers that aren't awake that produce great art. It becomes great art because we see it as great art. Because we say thumbs up, thumbs down. Because we say a thumbs up, thumbs down. It doesn't matter what created the sunset. We're the ones who think it's beautiful. Right. Sunset's totally fucking random, you know. And so the like the uh, for us to recognize beauty in something is a human event, regardless. And it's just that when you are using AI to create things, the reason why most things that will be made are garbage, and most things that are made are garbage, is because most people that make things are mediocre. That's it. And most things that we consume are mediocre. We want mediocre things and we demand them. So that's why it happens. That's why there is NCIS for 15 seasons. We don't want why it to be in because I want to watch mediocre shows at the end of the day. I don't want fucking Blade Runner every night. That's too much. You don't want to think. Yeah. And with the end of a long work day, I want to fucking put on, you know, every night Sophie's choice. Every night Sophie's choice is pretty hard, you know, <laughs> And so the, like, I think that that's, <coughs> pardon me. Uh, <coughs> so I think that there's an argument to be made for mediocrity as part of our daily lives for all of us. And we want it that way. Like most of Netflix friends on Netflix is the most watched thing. Not because friends is fucking, uh, Anton Chekhov, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so like AI will be used to write things like friends all the time because people would write those things anyway. And they just want to do it faster to make money faster. Right. Mm. It's easy just to get a little fix. Yeah. Having to actually think about what, what, why your life may, is not that, not going so well. Right. Right. It's you know, an like, important thing to do, but it's not like people want to do that. Right. I mean, like, like writing her, you know, takes taste and skill and a long yep. time. Right. And even if a computer wrote her, you would still have to go through it. And feel how you feel about it and make changes and make it your own thing. Like you still need it to be good if you want to be the one who made the movie. So there's no way to take well, the human element stake. out. There are no stakes then like to, to, right. to do the path and, and try to write and rejection. There isn't that in art today is what you're saying. Well, the, I, the way that the way that I think about it is this. I try to describe it for my, my friend teaches an AI class at UC, uh, USC and the way that I put it when I went to talk to the students there was like, I think that AI art is actually the most difficult kind of art to practice because it can, it can do almost anything for you very easily. And when everything requires no effort, there's no, 
leverage for your own discipline of thought, Mm -hmm. right? Like to be disciplined about creating an image that is meaningful is made easier by the making of that image being technically difficult. Because if you spend restrictions, restrictions make you think harder, right? And if you have to spend 15 years learning how to paint oils correctly, Mm-hmm. You're going to be very fucking dedicated in a way that makes you think about what you're doing and what your choices are. If everything is super easy, it makes it an infinity of choices. And if you make the easy choice all the time, your work is going to be bullshit because you're not going to be thinking of what you're doing and you're not disciplining yourself and learning to be an artist. It has nothing to do with the technology that makes art good or bad. It has to do with whether you are doing the work within yourself to create something that's valuable. Right. Well put, my friend. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm a little distracted. I've had a big week. Yeah. I've done a lot of stuff this week. <laughs> true, true. Very true. So um, I'm a little distracted. But AI has been a thing. This is cool. This is a good one. I know we're a little early, but that's fine. Yeah. I don't think I don't mind if we uh, wrap. I like this better when I have you guys go through the plots a little bit better. Uh, yeah, we go through the plots quick. I think that's best because then we can just really talk about what the movie's about. That's what I like. We've sort of jammed through something and say like, here's the basic overview and then we can spend time. Yeah. Because most people are, yeah. You've, you've seen it or you haven't seen it and you can listen to it later or whatever. But Yeah. Good. It was a good show tonight. How long that's was fun. it? Uh, about 2.15, maybe 2.20. It's good. Yeah. Pretty good. It's good. Uh, so yes, if you, if you want to talk about weird eighties comedies about military stuff, we should do that next. We should do that next. Oh, dude, that's a great idea. I love that. I mean, just to go back and watch some good shitty eighties movies. Oh, see, that's well, the mediocrity. I was, I'm wa- about. I was watching love Spies it. Like Us with my, uh, with, uh, with my son and it was like, it was hilarious. Oh, it's so, so I, like I love dumbass shit like that. Doctor, See? doctor, and doctor, I, doctor, doctor, and doctor, 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 doctor. Yeah, come on. Uh, like, if only we could get a copy of The Man with Two Brains. Oh, yes, that's another <laughs> one that's Martin. gone. It's totally gone. The Steve Martin totally. one? Steve Martin yeah. movie. There's some funny-ass lines in that no. way. Uh, yeah, yeah it's it gone. It's vaporized. Yeah. yeah, boy. That's the craziest thing in the world. I'm surprised The Jerk is still available. That movie is hysterical. That's a great movie. Oh, I watched, by the way, High Anxiety the other day. You'd be very proud of me. That movie is a riot. I love High Anxiety. <laughs> I hadn't seen that in like 20 years. The, movie the, shot, the shot where they're the underneath the coffee table. <laughs> it's the so, best. It's so funny. Eat your strudel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That's, that's a riot. Cloris Leachman, man. She was a hero. That woman she, was a yeah. hero. Underappreciated actor. Yes. She also played Madame Lafarge in uh, the History of the World. Yep, she is unbelievable. She's she's known Bob mainly Rufo. for comedy. She, turns out she's an incredible actor in the uh, uh, last, uh, last picture last show. picture show. Yeah, yeah, she should be much more famous than she is. <clears throat> oh, Fantastic. Sorry, uh, we got someone. Uh, Wesley Curry has been on. Oh, for, <laughs> for a while. Uh, what the hell? You are Allah. Nice. No time to talk. No time to, I love this. So, okay. Akeem, any questions before I go? 
uh, like does the Omni branded barcode. What the hell? Dude, how many is different this colors? Person? I love this guy. I this is fantastic. Who is AI this? has obviously achieved an, consciousness. Obviously a bot that's going through. <laughs> Thanks, Wesley Curry. Uh, whatever. Yeah. That's it. That's a, that's how we we'll chat. Yeah. Yep. Hello, Casey. Right on, man. Thanks for coming by. That's Thanks awesome. for stopping by. And, uh, whoever was, I haven't heard Curry from is Casey second. in a while. It's nice to see you. He's yeah. a good man. We like Casey very much. Yeah. I have to watch. <laughs> I, I forget that I have to watch two chats now. I know. Do you feeds. think before we go? Yeah. Uh, it's just a, a one hour question. Do you think that they were like to the actor, Which really act? give us the Chuck Heston? Cause he couldn't do it. He had to do he the couldn't second. Do it. Yeah, that's he, uh, he, he had to do the second um, Planet of the Apes. So, yeah. do you think they're like, come on, give me a little more Heston, take yeah, two, just, give me yeah. a little more Chuck, give me some Chuck, because there are moments where he's like, it's unbelievable, you know, he's like, Mister President. There was, fucking, it was a little hammy, was, and I was like, who is he trying to be? That like, and then when I read it, nobody. Later, like, there's there's no ham like Heston. Heston is pure enjoyment. Every time he's I a honey baked ham, honey ready baked for ham. Thanksgiving. Like I, I don't know if he's ever delivered a performance that I believed in quotes, but I always loved yes. Chuck Heston. Always, he was good in A Touch of Evil. Oh yeah, I don't know great. if I need to yeah. like encourage this guy, but he's still on. He says he's not a bot. He says no, he's nice. a man, a man with a dove that shall fall. <laughs> that shall fall uh, all when doves long. cry. That's right. So religious zealot. Yeah. Hey, okay. We're, we're right. talking about open AI. <laughs> I don't know if he has anything to do with AI, but yeah. It's all right. Uh, it's all right. Yeah, maybe I'm just like my father. Yep. That, then, or maybe you just maybe like, I'm just my, like mother. my mother. She's never satisfied. <laughs> She's never satisfied. No. She's never satisfied. Very true. When doves cry. When doves cry. Oh boy. Yeah. I watched, um, over, um, my COVID break. I, uh, watched, uh, <laughs> it sounds like a teen movie. My, <laughs> COVID, my COVID break, break. tonight. <laughs> I watched over my COVID break. I watched. I I love. This is one of my. This is a little uh, treat for everybody. I love Jesus movies. Like I love them. Uh, un unironically, Jesus. I love Jesus really? movies. I'm like, not religious. One? Uh, like I love, um, uh, uh, the last uh, temptation. Uh, last temptation is one of my favorites. Absolutely incredible. Um, I love. <coughs> pardon me. I love the. Uh, uh, what's his name? Directed uh, Romeo and Juliet. Um, uh, he did a great TV movie, uh, in the 1970s, um, with like Rod Steiger and it's, it, which is uh, on Tubi right now. It's absolutely terrific. I can't think of the name of it. Um, the one that I watched was, uh, The Greatest Story Ever Told, mm. uh, with Max von Sydow as Jesus. And, uh, and I also like, I love movies like Christ adjacent movies like Ben Hur and stuff like that as well. Um, but, uh, like I would, if you have not seen the greatest story ever told, I really, really recommend this because it's not very, it's so self-serious that it's incredibly, it's incredibly boring. I just but have it, to I have to say that. I'm sorry, but go ahead. that guy on, on, on. Oh, what's on he YouTube, got? Go ahead. He says, he says, I'm not about him. We sort of, we were just joking about him, whatever. And mm -hmm. then he says, I shall be standing unharmed. With one hundred and forty-four thousand children, long after your mouths are gone forever. Nice. <laughs> That's a good and trick. Jason, go for Jason it. replies I'm back, sorry. "Not at this rate. <laughs> at this radio. It's all right. Enjoy. Enjoy yourself. It's all good. No, I'm no problems. Oh my god. My zealotry is fun. Oh I'm a zealot. 
Um, but, uh, but yeah, I really, really recommend this movie because Max Lucado is great. Off? I think I might. Uh, I'm actually entertained by him. I don't know. I'm it's it's certainly fun. YouTube is good this way. Uh, I would like to, to recommend for people that are fans of Donald Pleasance, go to Tubi and watch uh, The Greatest Story Ever Told. It is one of it is now my favorite Donald Pleasance movie ever, and he's only in it for five or six minutes, but he's incredible. Not even on Golden Pond. I really wish they kept that scene in. Oh. Yeah, when when he's chasing down Michael Myers and Catherine Hepburn's like, no, the loons, and he kills the loons. Incredible, <laughs> heartbreaking. I love birds. I, love birds. Uh, I reported him as a terrorist. I think that was yeah, <laughs> poor guy. You never know. <laughs> you never do know. Maybe an AI. Maybe I say I say AI consciousness. That's it. Because maybe um, I have no mouth and I'm a scream. There you go. That's why he's saying a bit about the mouths. Uh huh. Yeah, see. That was good. Was, I really uh, enjoyed this uh, this uh, this round. Really yeah, it was a good it. one. Good I one. think we've got some good ones. So we'll try to do we. I, We've been, I've been, it's been most of my problem. I've been super busy for a while, so uh, I haven't been able to keep up with all these podcasts, but I'm back. Uh, and back in the New York we'll get group, back baby. to doing watch parties because we haven't done a watch party in a that long That would be fun. Time. That would be fun. We've got, yeah, we have, there must be some good backlog of uh, new Prime videos we can watch. Yeah. Maybe a Christmas one. Oh, yeah. Easy. Easy. Let's see. I'm going to even look right now. Why not a Spies Like Us? I don't know if that's available on Prime. Prime Video. Here Not we go. I'm looking it up right now. Prime Video. Yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at this. Okay. Uh, Candy Cane Lane with uh, Eddie Murphy. Fantastic. <laughs> he made a movie called Candy Cane Candy Lane. Candy Cane It's brand new. Uh, on Prime, uh, we have X slash Mass. Which is a romantic Christmas comedy uh-huh. about, um, um, I don't know, where they just kill everybody in a mass execution. Uh-huh. Um, King of New York. Fantastic mm. Christmas movie. There we go. Yeah, there's plenty of choices. Plenty of choices to catch the... There we go. No, we got, we got loads. Loads of things. Loads of new things. All right. If anyone has ideas for what we should do with a watch party, please go to our Discord. Join our Discord. Yep. And go to Prime Video and go to the ones that are free with Prime. Not the ones that are free V or any of that stuff, but go to the ones that are free with Prime. And you can find things like The Bodyguard or Earthquake or The Day After Tomorrow or The oh. Arrival. And we will watch The Day After them. Tomorrow is still available because we it's tried. It's still there. We are tried. Sure it's, it's back. Prime, it's Prime. right there. I'm looking at it right now. Prime okay. Mysteries and Thrills. It's we definitely need to do a Day After Tomorrow watch party. That's and, or if you want to hear all three of us cry online, Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. Oh, there you go on Prime. On no, Prime. we can't do that. That's too intense. I'd almost, I'd almost do another podcast where we talk about it all over again. All over again, then, absolutely. And do uh, a thing. Yeah, but there's there are things. We encourage people to go check it out. Join our Discord. You can get our Discord um, in uh, on our Twitter uh, details. Or so our YouTube details. Or our YouTube details. So go there, join up, and uh, let us know what you of, think. Uh, any of the descriptions of any of our YouTubes, we should have your t- our Discords in there. Love to have you on there. Yep. Oh, Unless man, you're yeah. going to sit talking about violence and doves. You will no longer have mouths 10,000 years after I have something, something? Yeah, I, mean, do it. I don't know. 
Hope you don't live nearby, buddy. But it's nice to have you. It's the only time I was really grateful I live where I live. (laughs) (laughs) Wherever that may be. That's right. We're not going to say anything. (laughs) I got your back, Dan. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. Much appreciated. You guys ready? Gents. Yes, let's do it. All right. Drink. Talk. Drink. Drink.